0: Talk Live, it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line, as we launch into yet another week of fun and excitement here on the program. It is Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com all As always, lots to talk about, including a story that I had over the weekend we never got a chance to get to. And, Carter, you just uh, so happened to bring it in tonight, and I ah. figure since we both had it, <laughs> yeah. we should do it. All uh, right, so I'll man. let you yeah, uh, yeah. start things out here. Where are we focusing?
1: Ah. ah, take a trip into the absurd over to New Mexico, folks. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to you guys uh, a while back. I, I jokingly wrote this article for the Foundation for Economic Education because I heard about these New York politicians who were trying to uh, ban the substance. Uh, so they're trying to tax sodas. They're trying to tax sodas. And they said, well, you know, corn syrup is the crack cocaine <laughs> of sweeteners because it doesn't, it doesn't spur the uh, satiation response. So you just want more and more and more and more. <laughs> well, now someone
0: was telling me recently, just as an aside, since you yes. mentioned
1: corn syrup, I don't remember where I was
0: when I uh, when I heard this, but someone clued me in that the reason why corn syrup is so widely used in America mm, yeah. is because there are heavy tariffs on sugar imports. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. ADM, Archer's Daniels Midland lobbies Congress to keep the tariffs really high on Cuban sugar cane. We we spend American consumers spend millions a year more on bread and cereals and all sorts of stuff because we can't get foreign sugar that could come in for less and uh, and right. the, the, and and it's funny because the corn syrup is an option that's used because it's less expensive Partially because we can attribute part of that partial uh, expense differential to that lobbying effort that right. ADM puts in, and they get the tariffs. So right,
0: and it's not as natural either. No, right? it's no, definitely processed not processed food, right. whereas
1: sugar is. Yeah, sugar. yeah. So you know, in my whimsical imagination, Ian,
2: I so, right,
0: uh, so wrote this crazy article, right? So, and right. And I but the thought, government people are basically saying here: Are they pretending? I mean, do they not know about the tariffs? I suppose yeah. it's possible they don't know. Right. Right. It's like, oh, the corn syrup's so bad, which of course we could fix by getting rid of the tariffs, and everybody would start mm-hmm. using sugar again but Mm -hmm. no corn syrup so bad so now we need to regulate some stuff yeah
1: yeah exactly so they want to regulate this and they have all these pictures of fat people behind them at this news conference and so on (laughs) so i thought look if that is that dumb because of course they're saying we all pay for diabetes and young children getting fat and things like that we all pay because why oh because you guys have forced us to pay for health insurance and health care for others okay thank you for that rationale So they say, we all pay for other people's mistakes. Therefore, we're going to tax sweetened sodas okay fine great so i just decided to make it absurd and i I said well what kind of craziness could we have how about a sofa tax we'll tax sofas because (laughs) they're just becoming too comfortable nowadays (laughs) and people are staying seated for too long in front of their entertainment and sitting reading for too long it's encouraging sedentary exactly so they were fighting big sofa you know they were Mm -hmm. up against big sofa like (laughs) sealy surda lazy boy exactly So, anyway, I just thought that that was crazy. I thought that that was absurd. But lo and behold, what do I see? But uh, I think it was uh, Breitbart uh, wrote about this one. And it is unbelievable. Out of New Mexico comes a story that is real, and it's, it's incredible. A Democrat lawmaker in New Mexico wants to tax televisions and video games wow yeah to raise funds to fight childhood obesity <laughs> and improve education in the state they always put the children's faces on there don't they sure I have asked our legislative council service to prepare the leave no child inside bill oh isn't that quaint
3: well they've scared the crap out of us to uh, letting our kids go outside yeah because you know the rapists will get them right and right. now they're gonna um you know not they, they don't want to <laughs> It's insane.
1: That. It's total. It's Charlton Heston said, It's a madhouse. But Planet like, of the Apes.
3: One thing
0: they're presuming here is that uh, that children are the primary consumers of video games. And while that might have been true twenty years ago, it's not today. Excellent. Today, the Point. average video gamer is thirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, really, this is an this is a tax on adults
1: and their how they're choosing to spend their leisure time. Oh, it's just just insane. And you know, check this rationale out. It says it says. Um, <clears throat> And uh, I am hopeful that it will be ready for me to introduce on Monday, educator-turned-lawmaker Gail Chasey told the reporter here. This is great. Leave No Child Inside, a play on the Federal Education Initiative, No Child Left Behind, is backed by grassroots environmental group The Sierra Club. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Quote, (laughs) the bill proposes levying a 1% excise tax on the purchase of TVs, video games, and video game equipment Mm -hmm. and would create the Leave No Child Inside fund to receive those revenues, Michael Kalsus of the Sierra Club told this reporter. The author and sponsors of the bill, who include dozens of other organizations besides the Sierra Club, according to Kossos, expect to raise $4 million a year. Through In the, the New tax. Mexico. Yeah, and I love the way they say raise $4 million a right. year through the tax <laughs> rather than expropriate $4 million from people. Uh, it's just amazing. What do they mean, raise? What are they doing? Asking people to voluntarily give them money like well, it's a charity organization? government
0: uses all kinds of interesting words like that. Oh. They, they, tr- they, uh, they use words to conceal their activities. Mm. And as you're saying, it's expropriation, it's extraction, it's uh, they're forcibly taking people's money from them. Oh, it's and amazing. The government yeah, right, will yeah. use all kinds of uh, you know nice sound terms we've seen them uh, they we've seen government people say well we're going to ask you to do these things and no you're not asking you're not asking us to pay this tax it's not an option i don't get to check a little box and uh, say yes i'd like to pay into the video
1: game fat fund yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) it's crazy you know and one of the things that struck me I, i mentioned this a little bit earlier today with somebody i was chatting with this person i said You know, look, uh, the problem is that we look at government as being this sort of like artifice, like a big building or something like that. It's just people. It's people with stupid ideas that they couldn't sell in the marketplace, forcing them on other people because they got enough other stupid people who aren't willing to invest in their own money with their own money to go forward with these dumb things and make everybody else do them. Like, I'm out on the roadways today. I'm sitting there going, you know, the reason I want private roads is because I don't want to be driving with bad drivers, dumb people who don't know how to drive? I could get around someplace, and it's—I think it's a perfect metaphor. For all the other ways that we are brought down by the socialistic concept where we all have to be part of some group. Whether it's excusing this stuff because we all have to pay for health care. Or it's excusing me getting stuck behind some pinhead going in the left lane at 40 miles an hour below the speed limit and he won't get out of the way. With I don't the blinker have to be, on. Yeah. And <laughs> that brings me down. <laughs> my, my world, I could be much more productive if we didn't have government-run roads. Yeah i mean it's it's a perfect example it it socializes and makes us all part of the lowest common denominator It's the only thing that it does you know uh when it when when you talk about liberty and you talk about
0: libertarianism yeah the roads really do does come up more often, I think than anything else you should have heard it this weekend, Gardner. really yeah uh, it was one of those weekend shows, the Saturday show where we just had call after call of government statist indoctrinated authoritarians and a lot of people that hadn 't heard our message wow. before wow, uh,
1: interesting uh, conversations I bet oh yeah. they were
0: they were certainly, yeah. and you know the one one of the guys went right to the roads issue I was talking about the federal government and why it 's not necessary, and you know asking right. people to give me reason why we should have this federal government around, and what did he What does he say? Well, don't you guys like roads? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like the federal government really <laughs> paves a whole bunch of roads. They do hey, the
3: interstate, certainly.
0: But they have, as though they have some innate ability to make roads that no one else does. I, I know. said, you don't
3: think we could pave the ground without the government? Oh, really? Oh, man. Um, but, uh, you I, know. We had one gal who uh, called in and referenced Michael Savage and called me the in- in- enemy within. She called us both, both the, the enemy, enemy within.
1: within. Okay, like right. you're the alien stomach ripper. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, but the roads thing is fascinating. Today on, on my show, uh, I was talking about this That's because against the grain uh, yes, you can indeed. hear it at libertyconspiracy.com Indeed thank you and uh, I have this I, I, I had this subject I was talking with some guys who started to investigate some things that are happening in New Hampshire they have wasted that they have a constitutional provision it's in the state constitution that they have this thing called the highway trust fund they have an 18 cent per pack, uh, per gallon tax on cigarettes on on gasoline 18 cents a gallon They have uh, fees for licensing of the cars. They have the tolls for the roads. It's all supposed to stay in one fund, and it's written in the state constitution. They put it in, right? Well, lo and behold, 107 million dollars is unaccounted for. It's been shifted elsewhere, and now they accounted for. Yeah, so there's a bill in the state house to say, well, it's all going to have to stay in the, the the highway fund. Well, guess what? You don't have to write the law. It's, it's in, in, in the, the constitution. One 9231
0: goes back to what I said over the weekend. Uh, if they don't obey their own rules, how can we be expected to obey them too? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including live streams. Got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at
3: freetalklive.com. The Silver Liberty Dollar is as beautiful as the ideas it represents. It's America's second most popular currency with over 20 million Liberty Dollars in circulation with 100,000 plus people using it on a daily basis. Go to LibertyDollar.org, stop using their money, and start using the Liberty Dollar. Return America to value one dollar at a time. That's LibertyDollar.org.
0: 800 259 9231 Again, this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Gardner Goldsmith joining us for the first time. Yeah. For the first time, I think, this year.
1: Oh, man. Uh, although it's we did have ages. you on from the Liberty Forum. Liberty which Forum was fun. for one of the segments, and that was an absolute blast. I had a great time over there. Wasn't man. that awesome, oh, that yeah. event? And I mean, I've been I've been running wild since then. It's well, nuts. That you was went, last you yeah. went last year. You went last year, and yeah. this was even better. This is even better. And and it was so much fun just seeing the, the McCain people walking around, a like What is going on? It was great. Lindsey Graham, that pudgy little... Jerk walking around, going what What's happening here? It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do their research before they no. Uh, they that booked in hotel. the wrong hotel.
0: Anyway, that's as an aside. Uh, yeah. We uh, We were actually talking about something during the break that I wanted to transition on the air because it was so it was getting so good. I thought you know this needs to be on the air. Yeah, we should yeah. uh, allow
3: actually talking during the break because let's, <laughs> <it's> often. <done laughs> let's that
0: recap happened. though, because you uh, the reason one of the reasons you weren't here, Gardner, right. is you had a a lady friend in yeah. town, yeah, and uh, obviously. Um, Worth uh, worth it to spend definitely, a little bit of attention definitely. on her, and to
1: all those beautiful ladies in the uh, in the shrine. Just a friend, just a friend.
2: Just,
0: um, <laughs> you know,
1: ladies, I'm still out here. You know, it's cool.
0: All right, so all right. Um, so she was from Siberia.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and she
0: spent a couple of weeks with you here in lovely New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, yeah, had a and- great time.
0: She she was making some observations uh, toward the end of last week as she was preparing to
1: leave. and uh, You guys were talking about uh, what was it she was sharing with you. Oh, it was amazing, Ian. Uh, we had all these different experiences that sort of uh, piled on one after the other that she remembered. And she is uh, a person who has been here at other Free State Project events. And uh, she is starting to become more and more thirsty for the libertarian freedom philosophy. So she was observing things. We went to go sledding in my, in my hometown in Amherst here. And uh, we went to an old hill called Bragdon's Hill, which used to be owned privately by the Bragdon family. They were moving away. The town put up a a budget initiative to see if the townspeople wanted to buy it. Well, if the townspeople wanted to buy it, they could buy it themselves, sure couldn't they? Could they. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but the, instead, they put up
3: an initiative is to see if they could get 51% exactly, of the idgits, actually, to, uh, yeah, force to force the, other, everybody the else. rest of us.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. So, of course, it passed, and uh, so now the town owns it. It gets overused. There are cars parked all over the place during the day. It's ridiculous, and uh, and they have no control over it now. And so we went at night, because I like going at night. And it's a lot of fun if nobody's ever gone sledding yeah. at night, just as an aside, it's great. you If you're near a city, you either get the clouds, and the pink uh, sodium lights bounce off the clouds, you can see. Or you go on a moonlit night, and it's just a blast. So we brought uh, And you're alone. Yeah, and you're alone, and it's just you, and it's very nice, it's peaceful. So we brought some stuff out. We're going sledding. And um, all of a sudden, there's this, like, we're near a highway, so I thought there were lights from from the cars. It wasn't. It was a, a searchlight. And and Nadia says, "Oh no, the the state—they're after us. They must have a helicopter." She's joking, very imaginative. Yeah. you know, because it looked like they were—it was looked like we had escaped from Colditz Castle from mm-hmm. World War Two. You know, mm-hmm. it was like Starlog <laughs> 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 thirteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this big old bright searchlight, this Klieg light looking on the hill for us. So I walk over. Sure enough, it's a police car, and you know he's doing his job, whatever his I,
3: miserable little yeah, job, it's
1: his job, <laughs> and getting paid. I don't know how much a year. And and uh, so I go, oh, it was something wrong. He goes. Getting no sledding between dawn and dusk. And I was like...
3: This is just oh, how they man. do it. This is just <laughs> how they do it at the beach in uh, yeah. Sarasota, Florida. Right. People worry right. and fret and they have a terrible time thinking what would happen if we if, if if we had private ownership of the beaches and then what happens we get public ownership of the beaches. I pay for the damn thing and I can't go out there.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So I that I walk it, along amazing. the beach and
3: enjoy you know The beach eat, is
1: beautiful at
0: night, it oh, it's gorgeous. It's That's gorgeous.
3: when the animals are out and doing their little thing.
1: It's nice, you know, and the temperature can be just right at, just after sunset. It's beautiful. So Uh, So that was one example. She turns to me as we're going home. She says, you know, that would never, ever have happened where I live, in, and she lives in Tom's. In, goes, in Siberia. In, yeah, in Siberia. Right. Former, former Soviet state. bloc. And I'm like, so then she was listening to the politicians, George Bush and these various people, and what really spurred everything was our governor, John Lynch, gave his State of the State address last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I had the t- uh, the uh, computer in front of me. I was deriving some, some audio from the video file that was on a news station, and I was pulling down some quotes of his. The very first thing that happens, he says, I am here to give the State of the State address. Everybody's on their feet. And she starts laughing as she hears him talking. She just keeps chuckling, and I said, "What's so funny, Nanny?" And she says, "This sounds like one of the old. This guy sounds like one of the old communist party speakers from back when I was a kid. He wow. sounds like one of the one of the party party delivery guys." I said, "Wow!" So uh, it was really amazing, and an eye opener, huh? Yeah. What struck me is she mentioned this on the air, and she said, "Look, you know, folks, uh, at, towards Thursday was the last day she was going to be around." And I opened the mic for her, and she sat down. And she says. Folks, you don't know. You don't realize you're really
3: less free than you think you are. You know, um, I, I was just having an email conversation with somebody, and it was. It, I, I think I've I've finally gotten the answer to the question: What would it take for you? And that's you know somebody out there, one of these listeners that's sort of in the dark, uh, one of the the sheeple. Okay. What would it take for you to believe that you were living in a free state? Uh, in a police state. A police me. state. In a okay. police state. Yes, great question. And the, I think what um, some people's answer is that we're free as long as you're free to leave. We largely, the vast majority of us, can leave the United States if we wish. So therefore, any rule, any.
0: Well, if you jump through their hoops and get
3: the passport first, uh, you don't need. A, I don't think you need a passport to leave.
0: You yeah okay you mean to – yeah you might be right you might you I might think be you right need permission as far as an, to go, going to Mexico go- or Canada
3: oh, well I think another government um, would have to provide you with some kind of um, you know permission to enter mm-hmm. but um you know the the passport isn't permission to leave okay good point um so you know I think that people believe that it as long as. We're allowed to leave the country. It's a free country. No matter what other oh, arduous, yeah. onerous rule they put up, right?
0: Because that's what we heard over the weekend from uh, from our callers. Is that, that you uh, don't like it? You can right. go. That's right. That yeah. cliche. If yeah. we were,
3: I, I mean, would we be a free country if we were lopping off people's heads in town square? But you were free to leave.
1: I hate that sort of that sort of rationale is just ridiculous, especially when your choices are relatively not as good. You know, Mm -hmm. you say there is this concept of the right to exit, you know, in political philosophy, you say you have to have the right to exit. But if your choices are all worse, or they put up such impediments to get to those choices that it's economically almost impossible, uh, you know, fine, you know, you could always try to escape from a prison. You know, but it could be pretty darn difficult and dangerous, and you could be in a lot of trouble. Well, right. in we a get way, to go
0: break into another prison. That's when we
1: leave this prison. There, we there can are only are other, prisons. other prisons. Pick your pick your stinking prison is what what we're talking about here. And these people, like you said, Mark, these people put it out as some some great trump card to put it out there for you to say, Oh well, if you don't like it, then go. Well, where am I going to go? Where do you want me to move? I guess I could go to Ireland or New Zealand, maybe. Maybe I could move to Alaska. I'm not sure. Maybe I could live out in the woods, but you'll come find me. You'll hunt me down. You'll put a bullet in my back like Lon Horayushi did out in Ruby Ridge. 800-259-9231. I love that you've
0: you've really been able to categorize that, Mark, in that people think we're free because we're free to leave. It doesn't matter how many heads the cops bash in. It doesn't matter how much damage the government does, what percentage they're taking from you. If you're free to go to one of the other prisons, well, you must be free. A very interesting observation. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
4: Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power.
5: Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Gard. And Martin, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get on the updates list. If you want to know what's happening with the show, you'll know first. If you're on that list, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free. That's updates. Freetalklive dot com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom dot com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com use code FTL to save ten percent. That's legalzoom dot com. eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Talking about one of the most common just catchphrases, cliches <laughs> yeah. that uh that you hear so often from people that are just fans of the status quo that are completely indoctrinated with the belief that we live in the freest country in the world. This country's great. It's so free here in America. If you don't like it, son, you can leave. I don't want to hear your bitching anymore. You just stop trying to change things. We like it just the way it is. Get
3: out of here. Now, I think it is. <laughs> that mentality. I, I think it is uh, one of the greatest countries in the world, and I can give lots of reasons why that is. I think it is the greatest country in the world, give lots of reasons why i think that is however i think that um one of the great things about this this country is its uh, its lineage of liberty i i think that the fact that you know we sort of have founding documents like the constitution and the uh, the bill of rights mm-hmm. and uh, the declaration of independence these are some of the things that make this country great these documents are about liberty and what this country is about now is not liberty.
1: That's nope. right. Well said.
3: And the and and so last I think it was on Saturday night people were talking to me about uh things like well you know you can you can always leave and I was the the way I've decided to uh, attack that problem is instead of trying to say well you know because we were talking about you're you're free as long as you're free to leave instead of trying to set up a scenario well you know we do have some uh, some hoops that you have to jump through in order to leave the country you have to go through um, p- people standing at the border and yeah. and you have to get a, p- a piece of paper and, and that kind of thing and, and instead of arguing that or what if. The country set up, you know, these fences and, and that kind of thing. They're being talked about right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about sure. fences. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of putting a bunch of what-ifs up, I asked them, well, um, if, if you think that this government's legitimate and good and, um, and, and all that stuff, I'm, there were people in the country in 1775 that thought just the same thing. Would you say that the uh, founding fathers, who wrought us this nation, w- were they wrong? Mm. Um, should mm. they be hung from? Should they have been hung yeah. from the highest tree? Right. Um, do we not, as as uh, free men, do we not have the right to revolution? And I usually caveat it in saying something like, "I'm not talking about guns. Uh, I, I I would prefer to revolt, uh, you know, just completely peacefully and have the government leave me alone. Right. I I want to be." In fact, free. I don't want to have to deal with, you know, giving 40, 50, 60 percent of my earnings to the government every year um, just to be able to earn a living and uh, own a piece of property and drive an automobile and or whatever. Right, right. And I I think that that works. That's because at that point they have to say George Washington and Thomas Jefferson suck, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, well, not, the no, they're not going to do that's that. That's
1: a great way to put it. It yeah. is
3: a great uh, great
0: approach. And I, and as we get more opportunities to practice it, it'll be interesting to see how people respond. Because Saturday night the response was when you brought up the part about well, you know, Thomas Jefferson and those guys were they terrorists? Were they bad guys? Uh, should they have been, gotten in trouble? And the caller that we had on the line agreed with you they shouldn't he's you know he agreed that they did the right thing and so i have the right to but, revolt but now mm. it's different was what he said yeah they, well, they always say that different. that was
1: a different time
0: right. well they oh, can I say see.
3: he can say that and that's fine yeah the listeners <laughs> said hmm. now there's a line of logic right. i can understand right yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. you know because because that's he's just, he's just running away at that and, point. And,
1: and what they're saying is it would be uncomfortable now it's uncouth to think about that mm. because you know we're comfortable here well as comfortable that's the as problem. we think we are exactly As comfortable as we think we are, we we could be a heck of a lot better than we are today. And this girl, Nadia, noticed it from Siberia, and she was able to pull that curtain away when we were talking about this to to say, you know, everybody in the United States thinks that they're living in a free country, just like you say. Mm -hmm. And you hear all this jingoistic, sort of nationalistic crap coming from all these politicians, like our state governor, saying... Together, we did this and we did that. And she says, no, they didn't do that. They forced other people to do it. They Mm -hmm. can't do anything without making other people get something done themselves. And uh, it's a great point. And and if you actually strip the artifice away, what you have is a semi-socialized nation that likes to promote itself as the land of the free.
3: Right. That's it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, great. it's a great tagline, and certainly we're freer than a lot of nations. If you look at the, the list of nations, we're significantly freer than most.
0: In some ways, we're significantly more restricted. Yeah, it's true. Uh true. Economically, yeah. uh, Hong Kong has got right, us beat yeah. hands down. Singapore, uh, you know, you can't chew gum in the streets, but damn, they've got a lot more economic freedom than, uh, than yeah. America does. I actually
3: does. talked to a guy from Singapore, um, and... Uh, you know, I, I tried to talk about him, to him about an economic liberties, and he didn't see it because he had only sort of grown up there. Yeah. As all, as all he could well, see was the, the business. Right. It was the police state as, aspect of it that was really bothersome to him. And he had to get out and went to Australia and then came, and finally came to the United States. And um, it, it's, it's interesting to hear him talk about politics, but, you know, he's just as brainwashed as the rest of them. You know, it's going
0: to be interesting, uh, as the Free State Project, which we talk about a lot on the show, movement of liberty-loving people all moving to New Hampshire... As the uh, as more freedom lovers continue to come in, and we're going to see more this year, because uh, this is the last year of the first 1,000 pledge. So yeah. by the end of this year, we should have 1,000 movers, uh, 1,000 freestaters in state. Yeah.
3: Likely they won't uh, all sign up at uh, freestateproject.org. That's uh, true. That's true. Uh, out, but
0: yeah. it's going to be interesting to see when uh, more liberty lovers come in and start running for office and start getting into the media and start talking to others, and the movement starts to build and become more and more visible than it currently is today. Will we be able to turn around to the socialists and say,
3: "Hey, if you don't like it,
1: get out"? Move. Absolutely.
3: Well, I, I think that's essentially what <laughs> we are <laughs> saying. But um, the the difference between uh, liberty and, and uh, socialism, which we're not going to hurt you, right? We're not yeah. going you to can, take your wealth. If you, you, don't can like it, whatever, you can do whatever you do it yourself. You can do whatever socialist little great thing you want to do. Right. Start it's a commune. Go ahead, people should be able to be free in deciding what, what programs they want to participate in. You know, th- your whole idea of getting some government program together to take care of the homeless or whatever, well, then you're going to have to come out of your pocket instead of voting to come right, out of someone right. else's.
1: It's all about what's peaceful. I, you know, I've asked people on my show, I was like, would you oppose the peaceful use of this or the peaceful engagement in this? It's Peaceful, mm-hmm. Or would you use force? It's always peace versus force. And that's always what it comes down to. And they excuse it with all these different arguments, saying, oh, well, you know, we have to pay for this. No, again, let's go back a few steps in the logic chain and see right. why we all have to pay for this or why we all have to because somebody else forced us. So stop it. Cut it out. I mean, yep. it's just incredible. And when you get this perspective from somebody else who comes from a communist bloc nation, like that. And then you hear something that, like what Mark just said and what you just said, Ian. All these different perspectives about this sup- supposed, oh, you can just go, go where you want to go or whatever. If you can leave, then you're tacitly accepting anything that the majority uh, wants to do. Mm-hmm. Absurd. It's just absolutely absurd. It's well, some I've, bizarre fantasy. I don't understand.
3: It. I had a local politician here um, in, in Keene that I was talking to, yeah. and he essentially said, it is not force since you moved here. You moved here of your free volition. Therefore, you knew what the rules were. You had some idea, or at least now you know what they are. You don't have to stay. You didn't have to come here. Therefore, we aren't forcing you to do anything, which I suppose is true. But does that mean that, therefore, I was born in Sarasota County, uh, Florida? Mm -hmm. I was born in the city of near the city of yeah, in the city of Sarasota. Yeah. Does that mean that I can have an armed standoff in Sarasota because they are, in fact, forcing me because Mm. that's where I was born, born, damn it. Right. Um, No. The socialists are there, too. The socialists are everywhere. The fascists and the socialists have taken over our government. They don't call themselves that. Republicans they call and Democrats. John McCain. They, right, that's and what they the, call themselves.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, it's interesting you should bring that up, because then, in many cases, people move someplace, they'll read the state constitution. Free staters will read the constitution. They say, but I thought you weren't supposed to be able to do that. Oh, well, (laughs) well, you see. (laughs) So even in their argument of, well, you freely moved here, you moved here under the assumption that the government would not do certain things. You know, uh, my response to that is when people move,
0: they move for reasons like family. They move for reasons like a new job. job. They don't move and pick up. They don't move and go and grab tomes and tomes of law books and start paging through them to see, huh, well, let's see what all the laws are here. Better figure out all this before I decide to move somewhere. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. We didn't know what the laws are, and you don't know what the laws are, and those politicians don't know what the laws are. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We invite you to enjoy all the features there for free. And if you like the show, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Just head over to, uh, to, to com. You will find Free Talk Live branded t-shirts and hats. Uh, we've got the Free Talk Live classic archive DVD collector sets. So many neat products all very high quality, highly recommended. Uh, head over to store.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. That's store.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Ziggy is on the line in the UK across the pond on the amp line. Hey, Ziggy.
6: Hi, guys. Uh, qu- firstly, Garth. Yeah, Garth, have you yeah. played T Rex on your show yet?
1: No, i got to get some T Rex. That'd be fantastic. A little um, Jeepster. Please, uh, please
6: and please do uh, play the Odd Paul Weller track as well. I'm sorry to bored you in that email, but I am a big fan.
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic, Ziggy. You've got great taste, my man. What's on your
6: mind tonight, Zig? Um, anyways, yeah, McDonald's. Um, I know a lot of lefties have a problem with McDonald's because, you know, they think they sell garbage, and personally, I do feel they sell garbage. Yeah, though. I
0: hate eating there. I just, I mean, you can you can barely stomach it, or at least I can. It's yeah, just well, awful. Yeah, well, you
6: know, I don't, I don't go there. That's freedom of choice, right? Right, right. But I do have a problem when um, I hear people, they go to Paris or they go to Bangkok, and I say, well, where do you go and eat? Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> and I really have a problem with this, because I just feel that McDonald's does really have no respect for... Indigenous cuisine basically. Well, they, that's <laughs>
0: not their business model. Their their business model is to bring the same damn food to every single franchise, and that's why they get people in the doors, because it's familiar. That's why franchises work, is because you can go to a new place, and you feel comfortable because there's somewhere you're familiar with. And people in
3: other countries want to be more westernized, so therefore they want to eat like they imagine the West does, and that's McDonald's, I guess.
6: Yeah, um, but there is is actually one interesting fact about McDonald's in Paris.
2: Hmm.
6: It was the first McDonald's which actually had to sell... Indigenous cuisine to that country. Really? Why? Because the French weren't eating there. Really? The French are very proud of their, you know, richness. And, you know, Mm -hmm. rightly so. I mean, you know, French food is is great. Uh, And so McDonald's basically had to adapt.
0: Interesting. I had Um, heard that some uh, different McDonald's do offer different items, obviously. I mean, probably tailored to the general areas, but they still sell the Big Mac, and that's. I mean, they still, they call it something different over there. Like, what yeah, is it, the... Yeah, but uh, I,
6: I find, I just find this sort of, one of fits all, a bit <laughs> socialistic in nature, if, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly homogenous.
6: Yeah, uh, and that's what I, I, I don't like. Well, I
0: mean, lots okay, of libertarians
3: I, 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 oh, don't, no, I don't like homogenous. I don't know if homogeny. socialistic
0: is the word at, at all there, and, it, you know, there's no... Homogeny. Homogeny is certainly correct, yeah. yeah
2: it's consistent. What
6: is, what, yeah, what if, what if America was, uh, had metric um, measurements imposed on it? Why do oh. you have to measure everything metrically? Well, you, the, you'd probably
2: scream out that
1: socialistic. Yes. I think. I think the question here uh, on this one, Ziggy, is whether or not companies uh, started to voluntarily go metric on all their different sizes of containers, and then we would get frustrated because, of course, you know, McDonald's it it's purely voluntary. People, you know yeah. how it is. I mean, you don't have to yeah, go into probably. it, but yeah, I, you know, I think I think there is that sort of inclination, that sort of instinctive inclination. To uh, not like that homogeneity when people come out with things that are the same everywhere. And yet at the same time, it is almost comforting to, uh, here in the United States, to go- be able to walk into a McDonald's. You know the quality is the same as Bad. other McDonald's or <laughs> Wendy's or whatever. And when I'm over in, a- in, in the U.K., like first time I was in England, unfortunately, first t- place I ate was, I believe, a TGI Friday's, an Get American place. And wow. then later, I had to eat in a McDonald's, and, I, and it was just because I was stuck, because no other places There's were all I open. Have
7: to, I, have to say, I have
6: to say one thing, um, especially in London, um, for people who are in America might not know this. London is one of the most expensive cities in the world now. Yeah. And basically, I have to admit, I do go to Pizza Hut. Why? <laughs> because I know how much I'm going to pay. Yeah. Because the, the problem is, in, in some restaurants in London, because the, the rates are so high and the rent's so high, they have to charge... Over the odds for for food.
2: Yeah. You have to
3: charge what?
6: Over the odds for food. What's that mean? Um, Well, it means above what you should be paying. Oh, it it costs a lot. Okay. Over the odds. Over the odds
3: or over the yards? Over the odds. uh, Over the odds. Over o- the odds. 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 Yeah. Yeah. odds. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. uh, and Ziggy, you know what? You know what else? It is, is strikes me is uh, like when I went to Australia. I thought Australia was going to be so different and unique. And I think that's one of the things that does bother many people who are sort of independent thinkers. You know, like we were just talking about Red Dwarf and how nobody in the United States knows Red Dwarf. And I introduced this girl Nadia from Siberia to it. She thought the cat was hilarious on Red Dwarf. And <laughs> you know, when you have sort of an underground thing or something that's yeah. unique. Uh, you don't want to lose it. And and when you have a unique culture, and you have McDonald's which is all over the world, even though you know that there are tons and tons of people around you in your unique culture that are going there, sometimes it can sort of bother you and say, well, you know, I'm not going to go to that lowest common denominator place. I still want that uniqueness. As long as it's a voluntary thing, I don't mind, because it ends up that the marketplace will cater to all sorts of people.
0: Because it's it's really, it's all in your head, Ziggy. I mean, the fact is, while there might be a McDonald's there, and there might be a Burger King down the road, there are still those independent places in between and so you really can get everything that you want and it's okay you well, know for I, mean, instance...
6: been, I mean there has been i mean in this country there has been somewhat of a backlash to starbucks and that's because the, the british have a tradition of tea houses
2: mm, right, right
6: and still starbucks you know land, lands on the high street and people complain well you know i have to admit i i understand where they're coming from but at the end of the day people go to starbucks because they feel that it's better quality because they get better value
2: for money. Mm. If yeah, that's
0: true, yeah. then, you know, that's uh, the cookie crumbles, yeah. you know. Yeah. And anyway. in
1: France, uh, a great observation about the French, uh, their cultural mores and so on, uh, getting McDonald's to change voluntarily. Very interesting. Thanks for the call tonight, yeah, Siggy. Appreciate advice. it, sir. 800-259-9231. Where I wanted to go with that was,
0: you know, in praise of, of franchises. Yeah, uh, sure. because. because just thinking about Red Dwarf, which is a great British comedy. Absolutely. In case you have not sure. seen it, go to Netflix. If you're a Netflix member, they've got them. You can view them online. Okay, oh, so You can good. go and watch an episode. It's fun stuff. Uh, like that show. But I I, I know there was at one time where they actually tried to... Have an American yeah, version of Red right. Corp. Yeah. and it just it
1: bombed. It bombed. Yeah.
0: Uh, but the the original's very funny, and it's aired on a number of television stations. Usually, usually it's PBS, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it is aired in America, and the DVDs are sold here in America. So. It's good that you can walk into a DVD store and grab a copy of your favorite show. If you're from Britain and you want to see Red Dwarf and you're here in America, there it is. You walk in and and you can take it off the shelf. It's the same thing with McDonald's. You know, if you are looking for something familiar, you can go in there and there it is. It's what you're expecting to see. That's why they're so successful. But the reason they got to that point in the first place, you have to. I mean, you all know this. I'm just Mm. pointing it out. The reason they got to that point in the first place is because they did something right. Back when they were the independent, mm-hmm. back when they were yeah, that point. place in great between, point. when it right. was Ray Kroc and the very right. first
3: McDonald's, way back in what was it, the fifties? Well, yeah. it, the McDonald's yeah. brothers started McDonald's, but Ray oh. Kroc bought the uh, system that they had See? for delivering uh, hamburgers to people that you know they they they, they could get. I a thought it was Ray Kroc. You could get a consistent hamburger the way that, and milkshake the way they right. you know expected to get it, and that's what people really want. I right. want, I I like Big Macs. I enjoy them thoroughly, and I know that it's not the, it's not the epitome of what a cheeseburger is but I enjoy it.
0: Maybe I should try one, because all the other stuff I've had at McDonald's is just awful. <laughs> uh, but but the point is, somebody really liked it, and yeah. so therefore they expanded out. Same thing with Walmart, same thing with all these other places that you see everywhere. And So the reason why they have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of locations is because what they do works, and sure. that's great, and it, and it should be celebrated. Now, that's not to say you should go and do business with them. I can't stand their product, but somebody obviously likes it, and I am that kind of person, where if I'm visiting somewhere, I will would prefer to eat at a, at a more local establishment to to get the local flavor you and atmosphere. Would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, there are a lot of people that feel that way too. But I, I think there's this anti corporate mentality this anti chain mentality that's out there in this country. And you know, the fact is, the people that own these chains, many of them are franchise owners. Those franchise owners people. usually are local. Yeah. They usually own a series of stores within a certain geographic region. They employ local people. Right. I mean, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong or bad about this.
1: No. It's like it's like. Saying somebody's opening up a local enterprise rent a car uh, is something in your area. Yeah. Um, they're providing a product or a service just like the McDonald's people are providing a product or service. And and uh, the more opportunities there are for people to have choices, the better for me uh, You know, out there in the marketplace. Uh, it's interesting, you know, you talk about uh, McDonald's. And one of the strangest things was uh, uh, on the way down to drop off uh, my friend Nadia down at JFK Airport, we stopped off in Coventry, Connecticut. And I didn't realize until later, we ate, uh, ate at McDonald's real quick there. Where she wanted to get some fries. She mm-hmm. hadn't had them for, I don't think she'd ever had them before, or many years or something. So we had them, and they were great. You know, we're going along. The fries are always great at McDonald's, you know. And uh, and I got one of their little burgers, just meat in a bun, because I don't have yeah. anything on my burger. And I didn't realize till later that uh, Coventry was where Nathan Hale was born. Nathan Hale, the great uh, revolutionary spy the hero. spy in New York City. Who, who said, yes, my only regret is that I have one life to lose for my country. Uh, very cool. I would take out country, I would say, for liberty. But... Um, you know, he was a big revolutionary hero. He was he was from probably just a few miles away where we stopped off. It's kind of cool.
0: The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Hour number two is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate
1: for president,
0: and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies.
4: This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008.
0: Talk Live, is your show. Bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with And Gard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we launch into hour number two of the program, we will go straight to the phone calls. Dustin in Los Angeles, you're on FreeTalk Live. Dustin?
5: Hey, guys. Hey. Nice hey. Gard, again. All this, right, Dustin. Yes, it's always you.
0: good to have Gardner back on. What's on your mind? Yes.
5: Well, I've got a field re- for you. Okay. You had a call last week. I think it was early in the week. Guy was sounding pretty paranoid talking about a uh, FEMA camp here in L.A. Yeah. You remember that?
0: Well, he said he was being followed by like five uh, federal vehicles that didn't have tinting on them or something. Right. right. Very strange right. story.
2: Mm.
5: So I happened to know exactly what he was talking about. What's
0: well,
2: mm-hmm.
5: that? So I decided to stop by on my way home. And, uh,
0: and now they're following you.
5: No, turns out they're not. Um, So I feel bad for the guy. Um, There are several gates on the way up there, and the barbed wire does point away from the property. That's because it's private property, and they want to keep people out. Mm -hmm. So they're not trying to keep people in on the other side. They're trying to keep people out.
2: Mm -hmm.
5: So the guy's crazy, and I feel bad for him.
0: There you go. Mm -hmm. So what is this camp? I mean, do we even know what it is? Is it business? Well, it's not a
5: camp at all. It's... It's uh, high tension power lines. Mm-hmm. It's an aqueduct. It's a bunch of barren land. You can see it from the freeway. You can see it from the housing. You can right. drive around it.
2: That's it's just underground. the camouflage,
5: right? right. It's underground, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's got tunnels going to it. I'm sure. <laughs> so I did a real clandestine job, thinking that you know I was going to have trucks following me or something. And there's a radio tower. That's how I knew where it is. Ah, cause that's what I do. So uh, there's nothing there.
2: There you I'm go. I'm kind of disappointed. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, then, uh, that's sort of what we thought. It was either a crank call or a real, a real crazy dude, one of the. Yeah. Well, you yeah.
3: know, there's always cars around you, so I suppose something <laughs> could be following. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can kind of see the the thought process there, yeah. but you and, know,
5: you know, being a daily commuter, I do see the same cars on the freeway every day, and I see them in about the same place. Do you and really? Everyone goes to work. In Los Angeles. I can mute forty miles each way, and I will see cars thirty miles away and see them again getting off the freeway somewhere down in l a.
1: So the patterns you you end up linking up. I always wondered about that because I used to take the bus down from Pasadena all the time when I worked over in at uh, Paramount. And uh, I would see the same people on the buses, obviously, but uh, the cars I never really observed. I always wondered, you know, do you end up seeing the same faces? Like, you know, if you see one really cute girl at a red light, will you ever will you see, see her, her again? again? You know, and that sort yeah, of idea.
5: Right, and those things that stand out, we start to remember. And I see the same cars
1: in the same... Yeah. Yeah. License plates. Like if it was that. Jennifer Love Hewitt, that would stand out, and I would remember.
0: Now I see it around here. I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me here in Keene, where there's 22,000 people. You see the same people all the time. Uh, but in Los Angeles, you wouldn't think yeah, that never uh, that would happen. But yeah, I guess it makes but sense. The
5: pink sweater thing. I mean, that. Would, <laughs> I would remember a pink sweater if, if some guy
0: was shaking it at you. you yeah? because that's what it he at. said. He uh, this guy you weren't listening to the time. Bizarre, man. Yeah, he claimed he was being followed by several vehicles uh and someone was waving a pink sweater at him from the side of their from inside oh, their car. Oh, Very strange.
2: Right. Dustin, so thanks I'll for checking that out for us,
0: man.
5: Great. I'll do all the investigating here in LA. Keep an eye
2: out for us. <laughs> Just investigate
0: Jennifer
1: Love Hewitt as much as possible,
0: Appreciate please. it, man. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. All right. 800-259-9231. Now, that's fun and everything. That topic uh, the call was very strange. And yeah. you can listen to the archives from last week if you want to hear them. But the you know the fact is, there is a pretty scary police state out there in America. And if they're not following you, then they might be following someone else or harassing someone else or infringing on the rights of another person. Uh, and in fact, we were talking last hour about how people in this country seem to believe that we're free as long as we're free to leave. So it doesn't matter how much police state stuff is going on. It doesn't matter that they're yeah. raiding people's homes over immigration and drugs. It doesn't matter that they're stopping people at uh, at citizenship checkpoints now. It doesn't matter to them all of these different awful things that are happening. So as long as you can leave, then it's a free country. But what about the coming in process? What about, what's, what's it like to actually try to come into America these days? Because we've read some stories in the past that have been Pretty bad, yeah. Uh, and in fact, we know that the number of international travelers for both business and personal um, purposes in this country have dropped
3: dramatically. It's down by about twenty yeah. percent. It might be more now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah th- those numbers were as of like two thousand six. Yeah. And uh, and and what they found out was that a third of the people they interviewed they interviewed people who had come here to visit, and a third, and that was in two thousand six. So after it had dropped by twenty percent, yeah. They interviewed the people in 2006 that had come here for whatever reason and asked them what their experience was like and would they be coming back.
3: And they said a full third of them.
0: A full third of them said they were never coming back. Wow. So, of the people who are still coming here in 2006, the security state, the police state, managed to alienate. A full 33 percent of them.
1: Just to jump in, Ian, I, I just have to say before you get into the meat of, of, of this uh, new information you've got, this perspective, uh, my friend Nadia. Once more, I, uh, as I mentioned to you guys off the air, uh, just for the listeners, folks, you know, I've never been in a, in a situation where a person with whom I wanted to spend some more time, just hanging out, watching Red Dwarf, or yeah. eating at a Mexican restaurant, or going sledding, we were being prevented. We will be prevented from being in contact, in, in physical touch with each other. We're on cell phones on either side of the gate at JFK, hmm. and we might not be able to see each other again for a long time because other people who call themselves the officials, the government, with the force of arms, will tell us, no, you cannot. Well, and you know, Gardner, we is... have to
0: protect this country from oh. people that want to come here and go out to eat and go sledding.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's just... It, it really brings a, it hits you right in the face. You just like I can't, I can't believe this. It's, it's sick.
0: The idea that this is a free country yet people aren't free to come and go. Well, I guess you're free to go, but then again, if you try to come back, you have to have a passport now.
1: Yeah. And uh, but you and, see, you're being sentimental. We have to be realistic in this country, and there are more important things to right, consider Gardner. like national security and American Times jobs. Times have changed. Two thousand one
0: changed everything. Uh, you know what? I'll get to the meat here in a moment. It's a woman's story from Iceland. Uh-huh. Uh, she was trying to come here for a little vacation. Little fun with some friends, and we'll uh, we'll read her words as far as what her experience was like. Is, attempting... is that her picture on the screen? It there? is. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, you can see that She that later. should
1: definitely be given a special pass. <laughs>
0: I'll post the uh, the article later so you can see it for yourself at uh, the BBS. But we need to go to these phone calls. The Phones just all of a sudden blew up, so we will go to Dave in Athens, listening on W uh, A I S. Hello, Dave.
7: Hi guys, I won a convert yesterday to Ron Paul. Where really? Is that? Uh, I was visiting her and. She goes, well, I'd like to hear more about Ron Paul, and I agree with him. And I talked about how he was in favor of the Constitution and how he backed gun to rights. Only she didn't agree with automatics being
2: all right. Hmm. Automatic guns.
1: Well, you can work on that. Yeah? You can work on that. Well, it's just, it's
0: not a deal breaker, though, right? No. Well, there you go. That's what's important. I mean, as long as people agree with Ron Paul more than they agree with the other guys, they'll hopefully will vote for him. At least if they don't, you know, if they're not infected by the wasted vote syndrome, which apparently is still infecting a lot of Americans. Dave, good luck with that, and thanks for the call tonight. Right, thank you. Uh, we continue. We go to Mike in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Mike, Pennsylvania, going once. Mike in Pennsylvania, going twice. Let's try Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on KGEZ. Jeremy, I think our board up fell asleep. Yeah. 800-259-9231. We will get to you if you're on hold. Uh, so in the meantime, I guess we'll get into the story. All right. This uh, happened in, uh, I think it's New York City. Oh, he's back. All right, let's try Mike in Pennsylvania, who's going to the bathroom or something. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. What's on your mind? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's on your mind, sir? Go ahead. Hey,
4: listen, we got a tremendous opportunity to promote Ron Paul.
0: Who's we and How?
4: Uh, RonPaulRacing.com. What's what is that? Uh, this is uh, you guys are down in Florida. I guess you've heard of the Daytona Five Hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: All right, well listen to this. We have the chance to sponsor the number twenty eight car for the race.
1: Number twenty eight. Who is that?
4: This is Davy Allison's car being brought out of retirement.
2: Mm. Oh, let man. me lay
4: this out for you. This is two hundred thousand fans showing up in Daytona with twenty million TV viewers. That's There's cool. There's a deal being cut right now with Yates Racing. Okay? Right. You go to ronpaulracing.com. Now, I talked to uh, Skinner Scott, who's running this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to uh, Big Daddy Don Garlitz. This is also being uh, run with uh, the Granny Warriors.
0: How much money do they need?
4: Listen, this is the beautiful part. A 30-second uh, TV spot is $500,000 for the event. All we have to raise is $400,000. dollars we got to put in Pretty cool. Ronpaulracing.com.
0: Ron There's your plug. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you... This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give away the features, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, and we've referenced a couple of shows, actually, tonight, last week, uh, also Saturday's show, grab them up right there on the front page of the
3: website, free, freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLDiscount.com, read some real testimonials, and find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com.
0: 1-800-259-9231. Still to come, the Icelandic woman's story about just how awful her experience was attempting to get into uh, the United States. But first, your phone calls. We go to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy.
7: Hey, guys, how you doing tonight, Ian Garth and the Mark?
0: Hey, Jeremy. Super, what's on your mind?
7: Hey, man, I just got this stupid-ass letter in the mail from the state of Montana.
0: Uh-oh, what do they want?
7: Well, they confiscated the state funds that I paid in this year.
0: What state funds?
7: Wait, because I was on unemployment for a couple of months last year, and now they're wanting it back.
0: Okay. You have to pay on you have to pay the state back for unemployment? They already took that from you.
7: Yeah, I have to pay them back now, and they're, they're pursuant to blah 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 and I owe them this and I owe them Uh-oh. that.
1: Oh. Well you that's know, that's a little strange, buddy, because usually uh, up till a certain period. All the money that you're getting from unemployment, you already paid in at your other jobs. You can not get unemployment far after what you've actually paid in has already been used up. But two months is not enough. How come
7: enough? they're allowed to compensate my uh, taxes I paid in on my last job then?
0: Well, they, the state, they uh, can do whatever they want
3: to do. Uh, Certainly couldn't tell you the specifics.
0: So they're saying that the unemployment payments were actually loans?
3: I, I guess so. That's
4: and,
0: a they're
7: saying that uh, I owe money. And I so, mean, I paid in money. Now they're saying that I owe money.
0: So now they confiscated. What was it? Your state income taxes? Is that what it was? Yeah. So you guys have income tax in Montana?
7: Well, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me either, Ian. I mean, it says in accordance with sections blah 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 yeah. own insurance law. Unemployment law, Montana code. How much do they, you owe? Well, I don't know a damn thing. I don't think.
0: But how much are they claiming you owe? Well,
7: they're taking 203 now. Do and they give then, you a total? I mean, like
0: what the, the total claim is? And they're, they've, say, they've said they've taken that amount.
1: But what's the total? Do you know? Well,
7: they didn't put that in
1: here. Well, uh, are they are they telling you that they just overpaid you or something? Maybe they miscalculated based on what they thought your previous earnings were. Or They've been known to make mistakes it. like that. Yeah. Sure, maybe that's it.
0: I
7: think so, and I have a lawyer too.
1: So well, that's
0: well, good because yeah. we're not lawyers, and uh, you know our advice certainly shouldn't be considered legal advice. Jeremy, good <laughs> luck with that. I uh, hope you get it worked out. Let us know how it goes. All right, thanks for the call. 800- Eight state-
2: hundred. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Tell them that off the uh, air.
0: 800-259-9231. I always like it when people do fun (laughs) things with their payments to the state, when the state demands money, uh, you know. People feel like they have to pay, but I like it when they stick it to them as much as they can. Write their name in blood. There's, you know. Yeah, there's that. And of course, the people like to pay in pennies. Uh, there's that one. But my favorite one of all time had to be the guy that wiped his butt with a check.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just loved that one. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right.
3: I like the one that where the guy took uh, he poured it in polyurethane or something, and it's came just thick. <laughs> the money that was one came, of our, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. 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 And, and he, so Genius. So it came out like this little plaque. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go let's
0: continue with the call. Sean in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark.
8: Hey, guys. Hey. it's uh, Obviously, you guys know it's Sean Morley. Just to bring you up to date, it's the same Sean Morley that does the Val Venus character in WWE. Wow. And, uh, I know you guys had dinner with a colleague and friend of mine, Glenn Jacobs, there. yeah had lunch with him or
0: something like that. It was he's breakfast, great. and it was excellent. He was up here for the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Forum. In fact, he stayed and hung out the entire weekend. Oh, what a nice guy. Really
2: Absolutely.
8: Great guy. Great, yeah, he man. is. He's a super nice guy. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to throw by you there, and then I wanted to challenge you a little bit here, Ian. All right, sure. Uh, the first thing, like I've been listening to you guys' podcasts almost every day, especially when I'm out on the road. Uh, you know, it's very, very informative, and... It was a few days ago. I heard you guys talking about the uh, American Gangster movie. Yeah. The Drug Enforcement Agency. I just watched that movie last night. It is an absolutely phenomenal movie.
0: I am going I mean, to have to see it. I've yet to. See, have either of you seen it yet? No. No. no okay. It.
8: It's phenomenal. I highly recommend that. All right. Yes, great. For sure. Yeah. Um, now, Ian, here's one thing I wanted to throw by you. There, I am, as you may already know, a pro-life libertarian.
0: I didn't know that, uh, Val.
8: Yeah, I'm definitely a pro-life John. libertarian. I am a Christian. However, I do believe that Jesus is a libertarian because if he wasn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And he doesn't he, Jesus never forced anyone to become believers. Uh he gave us the ability to talk to other people and you know, try to influence them and persuade them, but he never forced anybody to become a Christian. So uh, that's one thing I just wanted to state. There was that uh, I, my firm belief is Jesus is a libertarian. I think it's a persuasive
0: yeah. point. I mean, having been a former uh, former you know Christian, I I'm somewhat familiar with the Jesus story, and uh, and I I think that uh, the the Christian libertarians make a very persuasive point on that. In fact, I've seen people make the argument that Jesus was uh, in fact an anarcho-capitalist uh, voluntarist.
8: Right. Oh, and that that would surprise me one iota the one problem that I do want to shoot by with you guys is uh abortion uh, being a pro life libertarian uh, i've always asked myself and i was i wasn't always pro life I came out of high school uh, very much a hardcore left wing pro choice liberal
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
8: and just over you know debating the issue with many different uh facets of the argument, I came to the conclusion that You know, life starts at conception. My question to you guys is, at what point in time do you apply the right to life, liberty, property, and pursuit
3: of happiness to a human being?
2: Ah i will take it.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, we're all going to take it the
1: after these guys go too.
3: <laughs> well, um I, I sort of look at it as everybody has the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness and that includes a uh, two-celled zygote. I first off do not think that there's anything uh that the abortion issue and libertarianism uh, like there's that that there's any one set belief inside of of that just because of the you know the
0: way it is. This will never, no one will ever agree on this issue.
3: I think that as soon as that zygote can get out there and, uh, you know, live on its own, draw breath, and it has all the rights to uh, human life, while that zygote lives in someone's body, that person has the right to expel that zygote whenever they choose, Um, or, you know, that that embryo or that baby or whatever. Now, taking into consideration, my wife is eight months pregnant. Um, You know, I I know that there's something alive in there. It moves. I get that. Uh, But, and. He could live on his own right now at eight months if she wanted to have an operation. I think it's wrong to take a child that would die otherwise um, and just lop its head off in a, what do they call p- partial birth abortion, uh, but but would live, you know, they would live otherwise. They but cut just their lop heads it. off. I, I that's what they say. I don't know. <laughs> so wow, it, if the if the child can live on its own, it should be able to, and somebody should be able to take that child. All right, we'll come back with more of this. Hang on, Sean. We're going to bring you back eight hundred two five nine
0: ninety two thirty one. I guess since he mentioned who he is, we might as well mention it again, Sean Morley. Uh, he plays a character on the WWE known as Val Venus, I believe. One of the superstars. 800-259-9231. Gardner and I will address the question here in moments. We'll hear what Sean has to say as well and take your calls as well because he has led us down the road into radio hell. Thanks very much, Sean. (laughs) With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And, Mark, you can join us on our website. It's freetalklive.com, so head over there, enjoy all the features. We give them away, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. We go back to Sean Morley. Uh, He's on the line with us, uh, calling in from Florida tonight. Uh, Sean, you were asking a question about abortion, which, uh, as I suggested toward the end of the segment, that is uh, radio hell, as I like to call it, because this is one of those issues that just it's one of the the issues that just draws people out of the woodwork, uh, and not necessarily in a good way. So hopefully uh, that won't happen tonight, but if it does, well, it is Free Talk Live, so you can bring up anything. Uh, But you would ask the question about where the line is drawn. Can you re-ask that question, if you don't mind?
8: Well, I I think basically what I was asking was, at what point in time do we apply the right to life, liberty, property, and pursuit of happiness – to a human being, when are, the, when are those rights applied to a human being?
0: Right, I'm not sure about that. I'll try to think right. of an answer. But Gardner, you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh,
1: and, uh...
8: and actually, Gardner, I don't mean to cut you off the real quick. No, no problem. There was a, just to throw this in there real quick. Um, to see an abortion is is I mean I've seen it on video and I've seen it at, from six to eight weeks uh, after conception. And to see these abortions is really where I really start to think, are we really murdering these children? Like, if you go to, I think it's uh, Mm abort73.com, it will really impact you emotionally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is unbelievable. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Gardner? Oh Garth, no, like it's
1: it, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's no problem, and uh,
0: I don't think anybody here takes it lightly. Uh, what that procedure is like, I'm sure it is awful and and generally terrible, and I I don't think it's an easy decision for uh, for a lady to make. And I think it's kind of funny that it, you know we've got four guys sitting right here talking <laughs> yeah, about this, is this issue. Uh, yeah. But go ahead,
1: Gardner. Yeah, sure. And uh, <clears throat> it would be interesting to get uh, one of the women's perspective out there, especially if they are in the shrine. But anyway uh you know i i looked at it uh pretty closely and for a while i was sort of on the fence on it uh because there are some arguments that are brought up about um uh, rape and incest but we'll push those aside for just a second not that i want to discount those but uh <clears throat> the only way that i could be logically consistent and i think ethically consistent uh regarding my belief that everyone has a right to his own life and uh, to pursue his life is to recognize and i think you framed the question very well uh, at what point do we apply the right to life to human beings? Uh, I had to uh, acknowledge, and of all things, it was uh, somebody on, like, politically incorrect, some uh, supermodel woman who's sort of like a born-again Christian, I think. She brought up, uh, she was talking about abortion, and, uh, and she said, uh, you know, it is human, it is being. And I think many people are unwilling to acknowledge that there is a continuum from the point of conception to death. And it is only based on our personal subjective viewpoints as to when we think that that particular human being has a right, like all the others have rights. And if I am going to say that this human being, this zygote, which is going to be something in the future, it is a human being now, and it is going to be Ian or it's going to be Mark or whatever, uh, some other individual in 10 years' time that you can sit down with and talk to and take to a movie – that individual at conception is an individual human with the same rights to life that I have. And just as I would not be able to just decide someone behind a counter at 7-Eleven, uh, I say, well, you know, you're not a viable life. I'll take your life. If we are going to be consistent under law, then the laws have to apply to all of us consistently all the way from conception onward. Now, that being said, I do not believe in government. And I used to be of the perspective of a sort of Lockean uh, natural rights perspective, which is that government should be there to protect the children even when they are unborn because they are human beings just like a 90-year-old. We're not going to arbitrarily say the 90-year-old can be t- can be killed because uh, the 90-year-old maybe is uh, has brain damage or something like that. We can uh, actually move and take that person's life and even though a woman is bearing the child in most cases the woman has freely engaged in sexual intercourse she knows the consequences of it and she knows that she could be starting up a life which has its own right now that being said the problem then arises and a friend of mine uh, brought this up he said okay let's say you believe that the child does have a right to being protected by the government at what point is the woman's are the woman's actions to be regulated by the state to protect that life. If the woman cannot... Right, because you're coming
0: into conflict exactly. with her right
1: to her body. Right, right. Well, this is the thing. You know, you can say she's given up her right to control her body... Uh, but, but then how, can how can far you, does how the state step claim? in? Exactly. You can't say, because the state could hypothetically say, okay, we're going to watch you and make sure that not only do you not threaten the life of this baby, but you not do any other type of physical no smoking, harm to the no baby. Drinking. Alcohol, drugs, exactly. And so that gets you into a sort of an infinite regress where you say, well, you know what? The state could hypothetically, if you believe in the state and that the state should defend the right to life for the fetus then the state could imprison a woman sure. for for and make sure that she does not risk that child for nine months until the child is born. And then, of course, the state can step in and say, well, you're not handling the child. It gets us closer. It, I I believe even if you are pro-life, and I am a pro-life libertarian, if you are pro-life, it doesn't necessarily mean you're pro-state supporting the life. And I think that – but that gets you into a third a third thought, which is – I'll only mention briefly. Let's say we had voluntary societies where we uh, couldn't come to any sort of agreement. The people who were pro-life lived over here. The people who were pro-choice uh, with certain caveats over here. The people who were pro-choice without any caveats over here. Okay, fine. Uh, what if the people who were pro-life were so animated that they wanted to try to take it onto themselves – to try to step in and attack the An people invasion, who are pro-choice. And the only thing oh, that... that would be a sickness, wouldn't it? Right. The only thing that prevents me from saying that that would be a likelihood is that there are so few people who go after abortion doctors. It's such a rare thing that people go after abortion doctors. I don't think that the people in the pro-life community would feel that they had to go and attack. That's the only thing. So it well, gets then there's into also it. the
0: fact that the... Uh, the the people that were pro-choice would probably defend themselves, and yes. the pro-life people would yes. end up killing Absolutely. themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, it, but it's a fascinating thought thought process for me because I had to go through it as consistently as possible and say, look, if I believe in the rights of Ian and Mark and anybody else who's ninety, fifty-two, uh, six months, uh, three months, or just a week or a day or an hour out of the womb, what about six months in the womb? What about three months in the womb? It is the same individual with the same DNA growing from that moment of conception, and to stop it from growing, to stop it from proceeding from that point, from the starting point, is murder, I believe. And that's just the way I look at it. Sean, any comments there?
8: I would I'd have to totally agree with you on that, card. I think abortion is a desensitization word for murder. And even in the case of a rape, for example, I mean, we look back a hundred years ago, we would have killed the rapist and loved the baby. And today, it seems like We kill the baby or murder the baby in this case, and we give the rapist counseling. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I totally have to agree with you on that card. Thanks. I
0: I try to think to myself, uh, what would it be like? You mentioned the voluntary society, Gardner. If we got rid of government entirely, Mm. what would it be like if you had a situation where you had the uh, the let's say teenage girl, young teen girl, and these things happen today, where she gets pregnant, she doesn't have an abortion. Yeah, but she also doesn't want the baby, and for whatever reason, she's frightened to death. You know how you, there are parents in this in this country that are uh, very restrictive when it comes to their teenagers and talking about sex and whether or not they can have sex, and so in many cases, these young girls are frightened to death that their parents are going to find out that they've had a baby, and so they what for whatever is going on in their head, mm-hmm. they get rid of the baby. They throw it in a dumpster or they drown it or they do, you know, they do something really drastic I try to think to myself you know, what, what would happen in that situation what should happen in that situation to that young girl and Sean we'll hold you through here 800-259-9231 because I wanted to make sure all of us had the yeah, opportunity thanks. to answer this question because let's take this to an extreme let's take this outside of the womb let's talk about a baby that's being gotten rid of by its mother because it happens today how would the Voluntary Society handle that? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. Anguard. and Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, so enjoy those. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to benefit Free Talk Live. So start your shopping in over 41 categories at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we go back, Sean Morley is on the line. We're talking about the right to life, and you were asking that as libertarians, where do you see the right to life uh, starting where where do you draw that line and i don't know how to answer that question i don't think any of us uh you know can necessarily answer that question in 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 any way that everyone could ever come to a consensus on so i'm not going to to draw that line because there's no point in, in me doing it because i can't make a decision i don't know i don't know but what I do want to look at is some scenarios uh, let's take this to the extreme let's talk about some awful, awful real-life situations and how those situations should be dealt with versus how they're dealt with today. Yeah. Uh, and so so what I wanted to focus on was uh, not even abortion, not even in the womb. And I don't want to go and watch the video, Sean. I really don't because I know it's awful. I, I know it's bad. I know it's going to be bloody and it's going to be just dis- disgusting. And I don't think anybody should take this lightly. I mean, I'm not a are woman. You? None of us here are women. I hope – People don't take this procedure lightly because it seems to me that any woman that opts to make you know, to make this happen in their life has made a pretty significant decision for the most part, and uh, it probably wasn't an easy one to necessarily do. That said,
8: uh, go ahead, Absolutely, but one thing I, I do agree with you on, and, and you always popped into my head when I watched that video, was violence against another human being should be avoided at all costs. And when I was watching that video, I could just hear your voice in the background saying that, and it's it really affects you emotionally. Sure. That's why I'm saying. That's why I would suggest that you should take a peek at it. You don't have to but it, it's, it would definitely affect you in an, emotion, in an emotional way.
0: I totally understand and I and I, I, I again agree it's it's a very disgusting procedure I, I, I wish people were more better sexually educated were better at protecting themselves to where these things didn't have to happen as often where there weren't as many unwanted pregnancies I wish Americans were better educated about sex. I wish that parents were more willing to talk with their kids about sex I think, I think that's what causes a lot of these problems is that uh, young people in America they just don't know what they're doing and it's because of a lack of communication on behalf of their parents, but that's a whole other issue, and we've certainly covered that before yeah. on the show. But let's talk about what happens after uh, the baby is born, when you've got a young girl who is just messed up in the head for whatever reason. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's scared of her parents. Whatever her reasoning is or rationale that's going through her head, she decides to get rid of the baby. Now, certainly, there are ways that she could do it that would be safe. She could go to a hospital and hand it over to somebody and say, look, I don't want this, and just run away. She could do that, but the fact is in reality there are some scenarios where she will put it in a dumpster and it will die or she will somehow drown it and and leave it in a trash bin somewhere. There have been some awful, just horrific stories in the past. And I think to myself, you know, as a libertarian, what is it that should happen in these cases? As someone who believes in voluntarism, what is it that should happen in a case where you have a, let's say, a single mother, underage, you don't even know where dad, daddy is. He's, you know, he's way gone, long out of the picture. Obviously, doesn't care about her or the kid. She's the only person that cares about the kid or even knows about the existence of the kid. And for whatever reason, decides to get rid of it. Somebody later discovers a, you know, the the dead. Uh, Child in a trash can somewhere. You know, as as disgusting, as scary as this story is, it really does happen. So what should happen to her? I don't think she should spend time in jail. I mean, it was a mistake. It was something, she's messed up in the head. Something's wrong there. But I don't think jail time is the solution at any point for any of this, whether it be somebody having an an actual abortion or, you know, a very young, confused lady doing something horrific uh, with, with her child. Because uh, when we're looking at making victims whole in the free marketplace, when you victimize someone, uh, especially when it comes to murder, you have to to do what you can to make right, to make the situation right. And that usually uh, comes in the form of cash payments. Uh, But in this case, who do you make payments to? I mean, obviously the baby was the victim, but if nobody knew the baby existed in the first place...
1: No. Who's the victim? And you know, I'm thinking about let's say again. You have different different uh, societies that have been formed by one is a pro-life society, another is more lax. Or let's say you have one society that uh, allows. It seems
0: unlikely that people would split off in that way, but they could. Right,
1: right. Let's say let's say you have a priori agreements where uh, parents. Uh, up to the age of a uh, certain point, parents have control over the kids, uh, and and one of those kids gets pregnant, and you have an arrangement whereby you say, uh, if you if you give up the baby here and put it on uh, put it someplace, you'll be in prison. So they go to another society where that uh, you you don't have imprisonment or you don't have a you know a terrible uh, penalty or something like that. Do you have arrangements in your society that say you will not be allowed back in here? Uh, so that people aren't hopping from society to society, society based on uh, how they prefer certain rules at, at any given juncture in their life. Those I think ostracism is the only. Ca- I think ostracism is the only answer in a case like that. Yeah, I, I don't
8: right. think. Well, now, Ian, let me ask you this question. Yeah. If let's say that same young lady that's messed up in the head that you were discussing earlier uh, has the baby, she goes full term nine months, has the baby, she continues to care for the baby for six months. And it's driving her insane. She can't handle the pressures of a newborn and then decides to destroy the six-month-old baby. What would you suggest happen to that young lady at that point?
0: Again, uh, you know, if there are people, I think that it'd be interesting to see how the marketplace would act on this, because it, because what the arbitrators would be doing in a free market situation, in a voluntary society, the arbitrators would be representing what, you know, the consumers want. And if indeed you're living in a society where people are very, very vehemently pro-life, there could be some sort of draconian penalty involved there. I mean, there's, there's nothing prohibiting that necessarily. Uh, but at the same time you know presuming we are respecting the the rights of this young lady and presuming there's no victim uh, there's no nobody outside of this lady and the girl that could claim to be damaged by her actions then who could she be making whole by making? Who would she make payments to? Who would she be making whole? I think in that case ostracism is your best bet. In the in the case of a, a uh, pro life society, they be, would be best off just shutting her out, just is you know just pushing her out of their society and saying, look, you can never come back. And You've also, done
1: something awful. Also, I think if you have those rules set up beforehand, there's a certain deterrence effect where uh, you know you can get people out and they're not going to be around. Uh, right, it, it would be interesting to see this function. you know i 'm listening to us all chatting here, and i 'm thinking you know uh this is probably why, probably why a lot of computer programmers are libertarians because it 's a lot of if then statements you know <laughs> it 's fascinating the way this works. a lot of engineers are libertarians because they 'd like to think these processes through and to me it 's fascinating it 's absolutely fascinating You could
0: have a claim for instance from uh, yeah. from a grandmother who could say that this has done her mental damage that you know the, the fact that uh, this young girl had killed her her daughter right. had done damage to uh, grandma or done damage to the mother mm. of the the the, uh, the lady we 're mm. talking about, mm. and mm. that could be considered a legitimate claim, and that could be something that, that could you know payment could be made for. Uh, I'm just trying to think here out loud of uh, as to how this would work. But I mean, for instance, think about back in uh, you know let's let's go back to caveman times. Uh, let's yeah. say same situation: young girl gets knocked up, daddy's gone, long gone, has gone off and you know wherever, He's off and, hunt and, and she's off, she's by let really by herself, yeah. has this baby by herself. Does she have an obligation to take care of it? If it's going to burden her, if it's going to slow her down, if it's going to prevent her from running away from
1: and that that animals. gets you that should get you into even even more esoteric ground where you say okay let's say uh, in a in a, a hypothetical society contemporary society you uh, have an agreement that says uh, consensual sex will be considered a contract whereby the man will have a X amount of say or an equal say into whether or not the child will be born that sort of thing because it is. The fruit of his uh, his labor too, or do you have a different contract that says the woman gets to decide completely? You could have societies where all of those things vary from from society to society, where you have equal say for the man and the woman. And if the man does have a say, what if the woman disagrees? She'd have to be; it would have to be ostracism, ostracism in the end, or some sort of other sort of penalty. It'd be uh, strange setups from place to place.
0: So, Sean, with all that to think about, uh, what are your final thoughts on this?
8: Well, I got to tell you, it was a real interesting discussion with you guys. Barring the abortion issue, I am on the same page as you guys up and down the the issue, straight across the board. And I'm hoping Rod Paul will uh, will pick up a bunch of delegates down in Florida here. So I'm praying for that yeah. and uh, let freedom reign.
1: Right, man. Very good. Thank you for the
8: hey, call Sean, tonight,
1: Sean. Oh, uh, Sean, yeah. just wanted to mention, uh, draw me a line if you get an opportunity, okay, man. Uh, I'm going to give you... Will. Yeah, I'll give you my email. It's uh, If you've got a pen, or you can just listen to it you know, online afterwards, then you know, other people might write to me. i got a pen internet. right here. All right, great. It's it's E-L-G-G-R-A-N as in Nancy, D as in dog, E as in elephant, at msn.com. It's L-G-Grande, two Gs, at MSN. Sounds good. Yeah, be great to see Great. Thanks for the touch thought
0: experiment man. tonight, Sean. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. so as As horrific as this might be to think about and to to realize it really happens, I don't think we're doing anyone any favors by locking them in a jail cell over this. I I don't think that's the solution. We need to be more creative. So ostracism is an answer. And, you know, this also ties into other issues where scary things happen, like child abuse and and other things. Uh, More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features we give away. Enjoy them. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Going right back into your phone calls. Uh, Sean opened the Pandora's box. He brought up abortion last hour, and calls are still holding on that. So let's go to him uh, and talk to Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Lee. Lee in Montana going once. Lee in Montana going twice. Hi. I'm here. There he I'm is. Mayor. Hey. What's on your mind?
9: Wait, there's a reason Boris never talks about that, but that, that's a whole other story.
2: Yep. There is. Yeah. <laughs>
9: And he's about as libertarian as, uh, we won't go there. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm being radio friendly here. That's good, Leo.
1: You appreciate it.
9: Well, I know. And yes, I guess the point is, number one, let me get these three points out here. You, You guys, we're on the same page on this. This keeps happening. I can't figure it out. Uh, kind well, of this liberty
0: thing. The liberty thing, you know, just makes sense. It's consistent. So I know.
9: And so let's look at three different things here. Number one, what gives the government a right to dictate you can or can't? I mean, they've they been have having guns. Back what was known as the back alley abortions for a century or who knows how far well, back. Well, when you
0: prohibit abortion, that's what you get.
1: It goes underground. It is-
9: now I got to do it. You got two. You got peer pressure and everything. But the point I think people—I've never heard this brought up on any uh, show. Any controversy over this issue is, you know, what a lot of times the guy he doesn't even know yeah. his girlfriend's mm-hmm. hooters get a little bigger. You think it is pretty neat, and then all of a sudden uh, he doesn't know, and uh, life goes down, but. Uh there's a, there's a trail here. You have to live with that. Yep. Whether both parties know or only one party's know. Now, let's assume you have the child. Mm-hmm. My life experiences from all the people I've employed in my life, both directions. I mean, some have done it, some haven't, some didn't know. Their girlfriend did it. No, Of course, they never got married. And you're talking about abortions.
0: Some have and some haven't had abortions is what you're saying?
9: Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Just to make sure know, it's, I'm clear. Go ahead. It's gone, yeah, it's whatever the gamut that you want to run there. Sure. I've seen it all, but inevitably, it seems like it affects a tremendous amount of people.
2: What parents, do you mean? Yeah, it goes parents, everywhere.
9: Grandparents.
2: Uh-huh, yeah.
9: kid's 19, he was in school, but he can't now because now he has to go back. The girlfriend was a junior in high school. She doesn't get to go to school cuz she got a kid. Right. They're lucky if they live in the trailer, that's because their grandparents had one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just goes yeah. on and on and yeah. on. Uh and it affects everybody for their whole life. Now, on the other hand, I I wouldn't recommend an abortion to anybody. I you know, mm-hmm. there there's other options. I think where the government failed is given you lack of options and or they put so many stepping stones in the way, that, you know, when you're 18, 17, 14, whatever the heck it is.
0: Well, the government fails, you know, in anything it tries well, to they, do. They,
9: yeah, they, they, they're not good at most of the issues. Government shouldn't be
0: involved in this issue. It shouldn't be pro. That's it shouldn't what be I, prohibiting abortions, nor should it be paying for them, neither.
9: I, I agree 190 percent. That it, There's no reason they should be involved. It's a personal issue, and trust me, I'm thinking... I wouldn't want to be packing that that burden around with me. It's Probably close to being adopted by aliens, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the burden of having one or the burden of having to dis- decide on having one?
9: Whatever you decide it is the burden you pack for the rest yeah, of your that's life. that's true. Whether right. you got the child or we'll whether you it off, put it, it up for adoption.
0: Yeah. It's good perspective, Lee. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. I want to talk here in a moment, continue with the calls, but I also want to cover uh, the obligation to take care of a baby. You know, let's say you have the baby, but decide you don't want to take care of it anymore. Let's talk about that in a bit. But mm-hmm. uh, first, let's talk to Alexander in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alexander.
10: Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Good. What's on your mind? Where's Mark? Right here. Oh, I haven't heard you in a while.
3: Well, I, you know, I, I I essentially agree with what's being said, so piping in doesn't really make any sense.
10: Oh, I hear you. Well, um, let me put it out first. I'm an anarchist, and I'm also an atheist. And I have a perspective, and I am basically pro-life. And the reason I'm pro-life is because uh, I've come to terms with the fact that in order to protect life, you have to understand when life begins. And that's my main problem with the whole abortion thing is we don't exactly know when life begins. I don't believe life begins with conception necessarily, but we have sort of have a definition of when life exists. And then I believe after that point in time where life exists, um, sort of what said Gardner said earlier – we have to protect life because, really, I don't believe there's a difference between uh, my life being protected, you know, via the defense agency or whatever, and that of someone who's alive in a womb. And um, and uh, how do you propose also, to
0: protect those lives?
10: Well, d- depends on how you're going to be able to. I mean, depends on what the the person who has that womb wants to do. If they want to go ahead and kill that that fetus, I think it should be. Either if they already killed the fetus who who's alive, if you, if you want to believe he's alive, or if she hasn't killed the fetus, I think there would be two different measures. If they killed him, then you would have to take somewhat of a, a murder or you know. Um, who would mother, be who would uh, get the uh,
0: compensation in that case?
10: Any compensation?
0: Well, if if she murdered someone, then uh, she's re- reduced uh, value in the world. Who who would be um, who would be paid? Uh, who would she make uh, restitution payments
10: well, to? There, there does not have to be any payment. I mean, it just. The fact that uh, the defense agency would be seen as upholding the rule of law. That is, that they actually believe in life as a sanctity and and as a a right to individuals and therefore... What would be done to
2: them?
1: Yeah, so in this case, what you're saying is that uh, the defense agency and the voluntary society would impose these rules and the rules would exist as an impediment to discourage this sort of behavior because of the consequences of those What would the
0: consequence be?
10: Well, I mean, I'm not a judge, nor do I really believe what – nor do I really know what would come go up. Go out on a, a limb. Marketable. I understand
0: we can't predict. I mean, obviously, the different societies would – I don't, I don't think it me.
10: should be if, – if I was a judge, I don't, I don't think it would be death penalty. I wouldn't say death penalty. Um, if I was a judge, I'd say a few years in jail or something of that nature. But, I mean, it's just real speculation to what I believe a, a person should go through. But I do think time in incarceration or – or something of that nature is important.
0: All right. So, do you believe um, that? Let's go and let's get into the obligation conversation while you're here. Then. I mean, if you think that a, a girl should spend years in prison uh, for for having an abortion, what if she has the baby and then decides that she doesn't want to take care of it anymore and just leaves it in the street? She didn't kill the baby.
10: Well, that's true, and I think that's a, I think that's an important uh, uh, scenario. And I think, sadly enough, for that scenario, I believe that. The baby has to fend for itself regardless of of the ability of the baby to do that or not. It is its own individual, and it has so, to do that. So, okay,
0: great, great. So then in that case, what about the doctor who pulls the baby out from however the hell they do it? I'm sure there are different ways they, uh, they, they can do this, but they pull the fetus out and disconnect it from the umbilical cord. And, uh, you know, Sean was saying we should watch this video where they do awful things, and Mark, you said they uh, they might even chop their heads off. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure some of it's violent, and I'm sure some of it involves killing the baby. In fact, I'm sure all of it does. But what if they don't kill the fetus? What if they just take the fetus out and set it down in the sink? Just, you know, set it down there.
1: Well, it's interesting. I think in all these cases, uh, what we're talking about are, are various recipes for our preferred voluntary society, you know, uh, with the prior agreements, if you're going to join the society. And, of course, then you have to take into consideration people who are born into the society. At what point can they decide to either stay or, or to go? But it's no different than forming, and, and I, I hate to make like make light, light of this or, or uh, analogize it to something as simple as a, a club for eating certain types of foods at a restaurant or a, a condominium complex society or something like that. But there but might all be all of these are, are considerations that are, are similar to people deciding, well what happens if you stiff on the on the uh on the food uh, on the food menu, or whatever you know those I see types what you 're saying things.
0: Gardner, but not necess- it 's not even necessarily going to be the case that society will orient itself in that way. There may be some closed societies that have very specific rules that you have to agree to in order to enter them, mm. but there also may be very diverse societies where it 's just simply various different patches of private property with a, with a variety of different rules where there 's no overarching morality agreement that you would have to agree to right. so I want to come back and we 'll hold Alexander through here because I want to know. Uh, how he feels on this one. If he's okay with the baby having to fend for itself after it's been birthed, if you just leave it on the side of the road, then what about the doctor that just puts it down after he takes it out? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free 800-259-9231. The Seikl CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com. Enjoy the features there. We give them away, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with our listeners. So over 300,000 posts for you to uh, surf around through and... Different topics, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com.
3: SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231,
0: One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Pandora's box was opened last hour. It still continues generating calls. Uh, the abortion issue is on the table, and we're approaching it from a uh, from a perspective you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. So at least when this issue comes up, uh, it doesn't get the same old same old treatment that it normally gets from talk radio. We're really delving into uh, the what ifs. We're mm. really looking into uh, the, the the possible scenarios. What the voluntary society would do in this in these cases with mothers that. That don't want their children anymore, and we're on the line with Alexander in Florida and Alexander, you had said that in your ideal society a woman would receive some sort of punishment for uh for engaging in uh in this behavior or or was it was it the woman or the doctor who would be punished in alexander's society Alexander is he still there Alexander yeah. in Florida Hello? oh there you go. who would be punished in your society uh both both would okay, okay. So, but but then you said, and I asked, you know, I was talking about. Well, what if the woman has the baby, then decides she doesn't want it anymore? There's, you've agreed that she doesn't have an obligation to take care of it. So, if she wanted, just wanted to set it down somewhere, that would be okay uh, by you. And so right. then I just wanted to find out. Well, what if the doctor pulls the baby out? I don't know, however many months. Let's say seven. Doctor pulls the baby out at seven months, cuts the umbilical cord, and just sets it down. What happens then?
10: Okay. Well, first of all, when it, when I say about setting the child down, I also believe that um, individuals that that want to go ahead and take care of the child can go ahead and and receive the child, um, as long as they don't, you know, are not going to try to kill the child for some other goal. In which case, also uh, uh force to be used upon them. Um I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna address your question, but first I'm gonna address something else, and Gardner might know about this. Um Walter Block, Dr. Walter Block, he's an economist, an Austrian. I know Gardner is in the Austrian circle as well. Yeah. And, uh, he, he put out something called evictionism. That is, that the, the woman has a right to her womb, and she has a right to stop fluids from going into the fetus. But the fetus also is also an independent life. You can't just go ahead and terminate it, because it, is, it has its own will, and, you know, it has life beginning at whatever time that individual created begins at um, on the free market. Um, and the idea is that there have, over time, and the, the technology really isn't here right now, but the ideal state is that over time, uh, fetuses will be able to safely be, you know, not aborted, but put out of the mother's womb and put into what, Walter Block. it said to be sort of test tubes where you can go ahead and put something in a laboratory contraption, put the fetus in a laboratory contraption, and grow it to its full size.
2: Sure.
10: Um, individuals, you know, maybe religious individuals, or 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 you they know, would probably be more than likely alive. to
0: pay for that. Sure, right. sure. That exactly. that technology and is I mean, certainly that, on the way. That's the
10: problem is that nowadays we don't have that kind of technology, and you know, putting out the idea of someone cutting off. Uh, a fetus that can't really crawl away or do anything uh, to fend for itself from an umbilical cord and leaving it on the countertop—you know—to fend, fend for itself, but it's obviously going to die. I understand that that uh, in my world and under my premises, that is correct. That you know, there, there should be no crime put against the doctor or the woman in that scenario. Huh. Um, okay, but also yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's a sad state for the child, and I think it's it's it shows the need for an evolution in technology in the in in that uh, in that aspect of the market. I mean, we need technology to take care of these individuals, and if if uh, and if an individual came in for the fetus, saying you know I'm going to take care of him now and and transfer and you know, transfer him over to a test tube, yeah. they should be able to do that as well. So I feel this is more of a technological issue that will be resolved in time when. Uh, Individuals, women that don't want their child in their room physically will go ahead and be able to transfer it over to, uh, groups or adoption agencies sure. that yep. will be able to yep. and attest to. That's but a good point. The,
1: it's a better the idea
10: option.
1: idea for me, huh? Yeah, I was going to say it's a better option for many people all the way through.
10: Yeah, but the problem with, uh, with, uh that I have with abortion is the killing of the child that might or might not have life, uh, where scientists can say, oh, you know, scientists say life exists at this point in time where the first brainwave or whatever, then I, as an atheist, will say, well, after the first brainwave, then you can go ahead and say the killing of that fetus after that point in time is a murder. And that's when I believe the sanctity of life should go ahead and, and be preserved. Okay, let's so, go back a
0: little bit more. I was going to let you go, but uh, but now let's go back to, uh, you know, the first few weeks where the fetus is very, very small and let's say you pull that out, Uh, how do you determine, uh, where where do you draw the line between just leaving it somewhere and murder? I mean, how can you murder something that is, is so small and so dependent on being connected to the mother? Is it murder for removing it, or is it just you're just removing it and it dies on its own?
10: Well, it depends on the procedure of the abortion. I think that's specific. I mean, there's a lot of abortions that they go ahead and you know what I kill. find
0: what I find interesting. And you're a liber- you're definitely a liberty-minded person, so that's why this this conversation is is going in the direction it is. You you have some you know technical specification that would cross the line into murder for for you in in your mind. And and I appreciate that. But I wonder what this conversation would be like with a your typical anti-abortion activist. You know what what would they say to the question of just taking the baby out and yeah. setting it down? What would yeah. their answer be? And not even necessarily in the abortion situation, but with the you know the teen girl just taking the baby out and putting it in a, in a dumpster, for instance. You know, what would their response uh, there be, and, and how would they feel about that?
10: Well, well would I think it would, I think yeah, I think just most of them, most people who are you know uh, anti-abortion, at least in this country, tend to be very zealous as far as a religion. Uh, you know, I know I'm not thinking that all religious people who are anti-abortion are zealous about it. But I would believe that a lot of people who tend to be anti-abortion right. are those are bible thumping. It and, would seem to me it is, that
0: it would seem to me that those people would be more anti. You don't want to take care of your baby. Than necessarily anti murder. They punted off on well, we don't want you to murder the the fetus, sure. but if you don't murder the fetus, then how do you feel? Alexander, thanks for the call tonight. Mm. 800-259-9231. And I don't think we're going to get any of those callers tonight, but I'd love to. I'd love to ask them that one Absolutely. next time. We'll make the make a point you of know, doing that.
1: I, I kind of look at this as a, as a contractual thing. You know, he, he mentioned uh, he mentioned the Austrian school, and I, I wouldn't want to go too far as to combine uh personally combine um austrian economics you know free market economics with uh, with this but if if you can if my perspective is that if you have two consenting individuals engaging in sex uh and they both know what the possible consequences are even if they take precautions um uh, you could have a society set up based on and this is just one of the societal uh possibilities Based on the idea that that is some sort of a contract, uh, social contract, yeah, some sort of well, this it would be an explicit contract. Right. If you have sex, then blah, right, blah, right. Blah. right, but you know that that gets that's very complicated. But you would, if you lived in the society, you would have willingly signed on to. From that contract come certain responsibilities, and the responsibilities would also be owed to the product of that as another living creature for x number of years. Possible
0: 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airway. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features we give away. So enjoy those. They include the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own, as well as see firsthand why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its liberty activists. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Learn more at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We continue uh, with your phone calls. Let's talk to Tom in New Jersey on the Ampline. Hey, Tom.
11: Hey guys. Anyways, What's on your mind? mind? I uh, just want to talk about this abortion thing. I've sure. uh, you know, I guess I agree with bits and pieces of what I'm hearing. I'm I'm a fellow uh uh laissez faire uh, capitalist or okay. free marketeer, if you will. Um you know, in my mind the, the metaphor that has helped me understand this the best is is uh you know, imagine someone offering free rides on an airplane. You know, because in my mind uh you know, consensual sex is whether um informed or not is is a de facto invitation uh, to life. And I guess I, I believe in kind of the safe passage theory where, um, you know, you're sort of obligated to get that person to the ground. You can't just decide at 30,000 feet that, that you don't want that person on the plane anymore. So and, you're
0: saying that once you have sex, once, you get, uh, once a female gets impregnated, she is then obligated to take care of that baby through wait, birth. Before you go on,
3: um, now By what if there's a so hole in the condom? I mean I've taken the steps to ride in the airplane without uh you know to, to, i don't i don't even know what your analogy was I've taken <laughs> the steps in order to not have a baby, but there was a hole in the condom. Am I responsible for the child
11: well i, I would uh, i think there's a the, the reason I like the plane analogy is it's sort of uh you know you can there's scenarios that speak to all the possibilities in your scenario I would analogize a broken condom with a broken lock you know you had the the airplane was locked and yet there was a stowaway who picked the lock and and defeated your security and got onto the plane and you discovered him at 30,000 feet and threw him out of the plane i would say that's murder uh it might be an inconvenience to you but it would still violate that person's right it would the 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 punishment in that case is is too severe based on the you do understand that
3: airplane flights are a couple of hours long and pregnancy is nine months long right i do and you understand that an, um, an airplane comes down and it's whole and intact except for the fuel that's been expended. And likely the uh, person in that airplane um, hasn't cost any more fuel, whereas a woman's body has changed uh, from nullviparous to vulviparous, right?
11: So stretch marks uh, warrant murder in your case.
3: I said nullviparous <laughs> to vulviparous. I mean, we're talking nipple <laughs> changes. We're talking uh, hormonal changes. We're talking a whole bunch of things here. I just want to make make it clear um, that, you know, that you're in, you said your analogy was... was uh, good, and I want to make sure you understand it's not ironclad.
11: Well, I think it is. I mean, you, you tell me the point at which the rowdy stowaway on the airplane deserves to be catapulted to his death.
3: Um, okay.
11: Even if he starts, you know, poking holes or you know throwing uh, throwing food about the airplane, I mean, when, when is it okay to toss him out on his ear?
3: I would guess, if we're talking about stowaways on a plane, and I'm not sure that I, I, I'm totally with you on your uh, on your analogy, but if we're talking about stowaways on a plane, when I feel that the uh, stowaway is endangering my life or the life of any other passenger on the plane.
1: Yeah, see, this is where I would say your stowaway analogy is not quite apt, because in this case, the child's presence has no motivation behind it, whereby whereas the stowaway's motivation is, uh, by its initial intent, uh, breaking some sort of agreement and an invasion uh, with the child, it is it is not a malicious invasion. Uh, it, it had no intent for being created. It itself was created by others. And just to, to point out something that Mark said, you know, if the condom breaks or something like that, uh, could you then introduce some sort of liability to the condom manufacturer? Well, then the, you know that the condom manufacturer w- would put warnings on there to protect themselves that would be a tough one to prove that and that investigate, because if exactly. a
0: woman, you know, the woman could have poked a hole exactly,
1: in it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. But let's yeah. go back to the obligation issue, because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're in favor of the idea that, uh, you know, two people have sex together, therefore they have some obligation. Or, or I guess you would say only the woman has an obligation to uh, to bring the the baby up?
11: Uh, no, I think I think it's a, a joint you know invitation or, okay, or okay. at least tantamount to an invitation. So both that, people
0: have an obligation to take care of of this kid at least at least until birth.
11: Uh, I wouldn't. I, I guess I'd agree with Walter Block's evictionism philosophy to the extent that uh, obviously it was not tantamount to a death sentence, and to the extent that I think if something went wrong during the quote unquote eviction process. That uh, I think a, a negligent homicide claim could p- potentially result from that. So and what, you're saying that you could.
0: Well, hold on, I'm confused. You're saying that in your in your mind you could evict the baby, and that'd be all right with you?
11: Yeah, I mean, if, you know, I, I know you don't like the plane metaphor, but I, I shall keep revisiting it. Yeah, well, hold on to it
3: as long as it works for you. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you
11: know, if I if I said, look, you know, I didn't I didn't uh, invite you on this plane, or maybe I did invite you on this plane, but I've changed my mind. Here's a parachute, you know, and I sort of threw the person out and gave them a parachute. To the extent the parachute failed, it was an unsuccessful, or the eviction strategy was uh, was fatally um, injurious to the to the passenger. Then I think I'd have some liability there.
0: Interesting. So then, you aren't saying that the woman has an obligation to take the baby to term if she can't evict it and be okay with that?
11: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, it's—I uh, think there are risks associated with that that the that the uh, landlord, you know, would have to bear. But uh, I think—I think, uh, I think um, you know, as a libertarian, I think it'd be okay with it. Mm.
0: Very good, Tom. Interesting. Uh, any other thoughts yeah. tonight? that's it thanks for the call eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one you guys i'm gonna confused. work
3: on a, i'm gonna work a long time to punch holes in that uh airplane uh analogy you guys get really great
1: great callers. I want these guys calling my show. This is like awesome. <laughs> it's so fascinating, really interesting stuff. Well, uh, it, it I got to bring it up on my show sometime.
0: It, it's an interesting issue, the issue of obligation. And certainly if you had that that pre-existing agreement, that would be something to to speak towards. If there was some sort of pre-existing agreement that that you had agreed to that said if you have a baby, you will take it to term and do this and this and okay, well that's fine. But in most cases you don't have that certainly today you don't have that And so, you know, the question is, does a parent have an obligation to the fetus in some way? And I say no. Uh, The fact is... The parent can do all kinds of different things that could put that fetus in danger: uh, smoking cigarettes, uh, drinking alcohol. If a parent ends up having an obligation to the fetus, then it would also have that obligation to ensure that it's as healthy as possible. Does that mean it also has an obligation to have all those tests run? You were telling me, Mark, yeah, that like the know, doctors, they just want to run test after test after test, and you know, to, obli- to make sure that the fetus is in as good health as possible.
3: Well, you know, and would that be obligated to as well. I don't think that I. I, I don't see how. Um, I told my wife from the very. Beginning beginning, you know, when we first found out, look, you're healthy, this baby's going to be healthy. Every time you talk to one of those doctors, imagine that they have a plaid sports coat on and they're trying to sell you a car (laughs) because that's what they're going to do. They're going to test the crap out of you because you're a healthy woman and in hopes, you know, and, and they're going to get this huge bill going and they have. Because right. every t- she, they tell her, "Well, come back in two weeks." And where do the hell does she go? She goes back. Uh, what can I say? They're scared. I I mean, know, they absolutely, sure she, she wants okay. a healthy baby, right. and she's going to have a healthy baby in spite of those doctors. Right. You know. <laughs>
0: so I mean, no, I know neither of you are arguing for the obligations, but right. just in just in no. theory, no. if the- someone is going to argue for the obligations, where do you draw that line? Well, this
1: this is very interesting you should bring it up because the, uh, oftentimes when you're when we're talking laissez faire, total laissez faire, capitalist theory, you get into uh, some some people say, well, what about – what is a moral obligation and what is a legal obligation? Uh, legal obligations are very easy to dispel because y- you go in, you're going into a sphere of contract. Mm-hmm. But then you move into moral support for the contract – uh and, and the question of do morals even do are are there objective morals that we can derive, whether it's true. a religious and this this is where it goes. It gets into <laughs> philosophy. You know, yeah. we're getting into metaphysics or philosophy, one or the other. And it becomes a very, very heavy intellectual uh intellectual pursuit. But it's fascinating because you get into is there a true moral obligation. For anyone, for anything, or is there relative morality? And a lot of people don't like to talk about that there is relative morality. Uh, especially if they're religious. But uh, even the religions have some variations on morality in some cases. So it's a fascinating way to get into it. It's it's almost like akin to a college class. It's really interesting. And we have to uh, probably halt it here, because coming
0: up here in the final remaining moments of the show, at least three calls holding with three completely different topics. So we will get to you if you're on the line, 800-259-9231. I'm sure it'll come up again sometime in the future. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live only. Moments remain. Might be able to sneak you in here. 800-259-9231. ACN in here with you? Angard. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the show? Want to help us out a little bit? Send us 3 bucks a month via the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more about it. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is we take that money in. Turn it right back around into marketing the show to more radio stations, getting on uh, new stations across the country. Hopefully you'll be announcing two new FM Man, stations awesome. sometime this week. Uh, so look forward to that. And it's happening because of you guys. Those of you who've joined the AMP program, thank you. Uh, over 400 of our listeners at this point have done that, but we need hundreds more. Uh, so mm-hmm. we need you to head, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the AMP program, and you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, or it's only one right now, one call-in line. But you get the AMP call-in line, the AMP-only chat room, AMP-only forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls here. It's Steve in New York City. You're on Free Talk Live.
12: Steve.
2: Gentlemen. Hey, Steve.
0: What's on your mind?
12: Uh, Actually, I want to talk about uh, education, my experience uh, with the New York City public school system, which is actually kind of interesting.
0: All right. Are you still in it, or is it former experience?
12: No, I'm I'm 21 now. I've been out maybe three years or so.
0: Got it. Go for it.
12: Yeah, and you guys were uh, talking about uh, education the other day and talking about how it basically doesn't really prepare people to get out into the uh, workforce. Uh Well, an interesting thing about New York City system is that well i was i experienced i guess you could say the best and the worst of it.
2: Mm-hmm. I
12: went to one of the more prestigious public high schools in the city, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't really working after a couple of years, and I was just not doing well and uh through some set of circumstances, I found out about some alternative school programs that uh the city offered. Uh, which I I don't think many places have these types of things, but because it's New York City and it's such a dense area with a lot of people, uh, I guess these sort of things popped up. Okay. Well, uh, basically I went to this alternative high school called City As, and they let people basically instead of going to class, you could do internships. Hmm. And they offered, like, all kinds of internships uh, all around the city and stuff, all different companies, organizations, and whatnot. And uh, that, like, that really made me get out there and like it just seemed interesting i was getting so bored with school that it was like i was like this is i don't why am i even here i wasn't even going to class anymore Mm -hmm. and then i got into the i got into this and they sent me like they sent me to internships they have a catalog they don't even tell you what classes you need to take you just need to get a certain amount of credits and you pick from a catalog what you want to do
2: Mm -hmm.
12: so uh i ended up doing a bunch of things and uh After a couple internships, I ended up doing this one program. uh, uh, It was this youth media program, doing making like documentaries. Right. They taught they taught you sort of from the ground up, and uh, well, basically, long story short, I ended up being there for a couple years, and that ended up turning into what is my career right now, working in uh, video and the television
2: industry. Wow! Mm,
3: fantastic. Cool. You know, I, I'm not saying that there. I, I wouldn't wouldn't even propose to say that the public school system uh, doesn't have some kind of successes. I I guess one of the things that uh, it it bothers me that there's it's so sh- restrictive that you had to go to public school that you didn't have the ability to go out and work mm-hmm. um and,
0: right, and well, learn. Right. Well, it was concealed and, too. The and, program was wasn't really. You didn't really know about it. Somehow you discovered it. Right.
12: Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember how it happened. I think it was just word of mouth, to be honest with you. And yeah. after I discovered it, I was surprised to find out that a lot of students from my school, which was supposedly one of the top high schools in the city, were going out to this alternative schooling program. It was like mm. sort of – I guess they sort of sold it as like an option like to sort of uh, keep uh, retention rates up or keep kids from dropping out. Mm. And to keep like the bureaucrats' uh, reputations a little bit well, you know, more Mark. In that I case, it's
0: it's not really so much a success story on the part of government because they didn't really do much. I mean, mm, beyond maybe sure. give you a phone number to call, uh, and it was really a success story in that you were able to get out and enter the workforce and learn some skills uh, while you were interning. And the, you know those things would happen uh, even without government around. It's just that you know it just happened to be administrated by
3: a government bureaucracy in that case. But I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah, a- absolutely, and it really is I a mean, testament. My, my public school education worked for me too. Well, I, I now have a job. It's a yay, they
0: win. It's a testament, <laughs> right? It's just a it's a matter that uh, it's a matter of the government school system generally dumbing people down. We could all be a lot smarter we could be a lot more well-informed uh, if it w- wasn't the government that was educating us so right. and we could all be started off in careers far earlier and start getting tastes of things that we're interested in doing if there were more programs like what you're talking about not to suggest government should be doing these it shouldn't your story is interesting because it's a success story in that you were able to succeed and get into the field you wanted to get into without going the traditional route you didn't go to college right
12: well, no, I, I actually did dabble around after after I got my diploma, but college was like seemed like it was didn't really interest me that much either, to be honest. And so you're out there, you're to-
0: in the video business, you are doing what you want to do, and you didn't go through the traditional channels. I think that's what's most interesting. And thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate the story. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And we were talking about this. Uh, I think it was last, I guess it was Saturday or last week. We we're talking about how uh, you know getting into. Getting experience is what's most important uh, as far as kids can get educated. If we had the free market educating kids, we could have kids, like, fully college educated by f- age 12. Oh, it
2: would be unbelievable.
0: Uh, we, know the, we know we can because homeschoolers do it today. And you aren't necessarily smarter because you're homeschooled. You're, you're, you're taught at home. There's nothing nec- inherently...
1: That you're genetically superior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So they just the, the parents just
3: care more.
1: Their approach is better. They're more hands-on. There aren't right. a lot of other kids around running around there's not all that overhead with administration and uh, degrees for this and meetings for this and taking days off for that it's nonsense it's so it's very ridiculous. it's
0: very valuable to get young people out into the working world as early as possible which is why you know I highly recommend that young people get jobs as early as they can and get out there and work uh, because it really does bring you to where you want to be, as opposed to this sort of traditional: go to school, go to school four years. It doesn't
3: matter if you don't know what you want to do; just go to school for four years. For God's and, sakes, get a de- yeah. diploma, or, uh, you know, a college degree.
0: We got to keep going to these phone calls here. Mike in Arizona, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
13: Hey, and how are you doing? Hey, it's great, nice. great. Uh,
0: short on time. What's your point tonight, sir?
13: My point is, I was just watching the the uh, State of the Union address. I'm sorry. And <laughs> yeah, I and. Bush is bringing up human cloning as an issue in this country. Oh. I mean, you know, is this is this what we're really having to deal with right now? Is this a major crisis in this country? Hey, you, cloning?
1: yeah, I got to I got to jump in here. One of the things that drives me crazy, and I wrote about it in Live Free or Die, which of course is available at Amazon.com. But in, in my book, book free live, Amazon dot Free Talk Live. Yes, exactly. Uh, The cloning issue is amazing because the hypocrisy of these guys, essentially what we're talking about is they say like Bill Clinton wanted to have a worldwide and first nationwide moratorium on cloning for reproduction, but not cloning for therapeutic purposes. And if you think about it, what is cloning? It is by definition, uh, reproduction. (laughs) So these idiots are out there saying, ah, we're going to ban reproduction for reproduction. There's, absolutely nonsensical yeah. it drives me crazy like politicians
0: know a damn thing and about it's all cloning. It,
1: but, it all goes back to the abortion issue because it is simply creation of a life in a different way
3: but the guy he, you know what does what is bush talking about this issue for it's it's misdirection it's subterfuge sure yeah, you're right it has yeah. nothing to do with what what's going on what with america really today. is key well, it's yeah. like
0: the immigration issue again another issue oh. that uh, is a symptom of a, of a problem that government created mike oh. any final thoughts
13: yeah, uh, I, I, this past weekend I watched Aaron Rousseau's Freedom to Fascism That's on Google Video, mm-hmm. which is available free and it's, on his website is available free through mm-hmm. Google Video. Yeah. And you watch this video, and I'm contrasting this against what these politicians are saying and standing up clapping for tonight in State of the Union, and these people have no clue no. at all. And well, either they, they have no clues, clue or
0: they have a clue and they're trying to obscure it. One or the other.
13: Yeah. Uh, we get the latter for sure. Yeah, for sure. They they know what they know what's wrong, and none of these, these Republicans or Democrats want to fix what's wrong.
0: Absolutely, Mike. That's why uh, the solution, of course, would be to vote for Ron Paul and uh, join the Free State Project. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate
1: hey, it. Uh, well, yes. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say, you know, I, I was talking about how my friend Nadia was talking about how how different the United States is than people really think it is. And uh, uh, some of the guys over at at our station were upset because uh, they thought she was criticizing our governor when she was just uh, trying to come up with uh, an observation. She compared him to the communists. Yeah, he sounded like Communist Party leaders. And uh, we posted over at the uh, Liberty Conspiracy. I think it's the last audio file that's there. I'll, I'll be posting a new one coming up. but. Uh, it it strikes me that uh, the, those guys don't get it. The, some of the guys at the station, you know, some some really good people, they don't understand the long term changes and consequences that we're seeing as politicians who probably know better uh,
0: do oh, this most, sort of thing. Most
1: people are in the dark, you know,
0: and radio people aren't inherently outside of the average. So let's continue with the calls. I wish we had more time, Dave. Uh, you've got the final thought here. Twenty seconds. Go.
13: Okay. Yeah. Let's Yeah. Listening to your stories about the pot decriminalization bill in New
4: Hampshire. Got a chance to interview Senator Barnes, who's going to try to shoot it down.
0: Oh, wow. And yeah, he, people should go yeah. to RidleyReport.com and watch that. It was very interesting. Dave, thanks for the call tonight. We are out of time. It's been in here with and you. Garth. And Mark. Yeah, Dave cornered one of the uh, slime bag senators here in this state. It was amazing. RidleyReport.com. See you tomorrow night at FreetalkLive.com.